What's going on, guys? Dustin with the LFG 1904 show. Proud to announce our partnership with Law Tigers. If you have been in a motorcycle accident, let's get you the compensation you deserve today and get you back on the road. Go ahead and call this number, 858-306-1986. Once again, that number is 858-306-1986. Law Tigers, nationwide, doesn't matter where you're at. Call that number, LFG. That. All right, dude. Oh, my God. What a day. What yeah, a it's week. It's been a fucking day, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah? Any customers assaulted or what? All the time. Yeah. All the time. I, like I was just saying, I had to do massive amounts of push-ups. Not massive, but 15 on call in front of my entire fucking group of people today. <laughs> so Just building that camaraderie. Hey. Yes, can we help you? I need the um, sour cream and the sauce. Well, hey, we're too busy right now because we're starting the fucking show here. <laughs> the show Welcome. must go on. LFG 1904. I just, everybody, I want to introduce you to somebody right now. Brendan, I just did. Oh, Jesus. He's really doing this yeah, right no, now. no, I'm 100% doing this. I'm starting the show today, and we are announcing in the birth of Brendan. No more graph, no more B-graph. B-graph exists. He wants to be a fucking a goddamn adult, grown up. I don't know. He wants to. Yes, we're dead ass serious. He, we talked about it last night. He wants fucking everybody. He's going to shake people's hands and say, hello, my name is Brendan. I get it. No longer fucking B graph. No, I'm B graph. It's just to my close friends, like no, I feel like there's two personas. No, no. no, this is okay, what Dustin said to what? me. Guess what? You're gonna be you're, the mic's the mic's off. The <laughs> mic's <talk>. off. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm saying though is think about it. You said it last night. I was like, yeah. Well, what I said last night was like, because when I'm in a meeting, I introduce myself. Hi, my name is I'm an addict. My name is Brendan. No, you say B graph. No, I, I never do. I never do. At a meeting, really? I always oh. always introduce myself by my first name. I'm like, it's so weird that like here, like there's people that know me as Brendan, but to the rest of the world, it's B Graph, and it's just uh, I had started saying to myself, is that like my? Is it two personalities? Is it like my Jekyll and Hyde? And it kind of is, and that's okay because like you know me very well, mm -hmm. right? Like you you know me better than fucking majority of people, right? For you to call me Brendan doesn't feel strange, but for somebody that I don't know that well to call me Brendan, I'd be like, who the fuck are you? And it's just like, I don't know, but I, I don't know how I feel about it because B-Graph is a fucking key part of it. Like, it's a personality of mine. Like, that is like a fucking, that is like the outgoing fucking get after it, dude, is that's B-Graph. That's Graph. But let me tell you something. It's both the same thing. That's the point. You're Brendan, no matter what. Yeah. You know what I mean, and your 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 graph because that's your last name. But yeah, the, but the thing of it is, that's that's who you are. Uh, the w the way I thought about it last night when you were talking about it to me, it was like handles, right? So like when you're locked up or whatever, you you got a fucking hand chainsaw, yeah, whatever, right? Hitman. But then you fucking get out of that stage, yeah, you know, and you want to become your identity. So it's like okay, my handle's not dirt anymore, not dirty. Say, okay, yeah. so it's it's now my name's Dustin. And that was like a weird thing because like you were so used to being like, hey, what's up, dog? What's up? Yeah, dirt. Get knuckles or whatever. Yeah. Fuck it may be, you know? And that's how I, that's what I thought. I'm like, damn. Do you not, still have people that call you dirty? Say, not saying not saying like, you know, it's about growing up or whatever, but you're just breaking the mold out of that. Shedding fucking, a skin. Yeah. And, so, and, and I don't know. when. You, listen, not to go into the meeting because that's our sacred fucking exclusive meeting brother it is but, but i thought that was really great that when you said that because it to me it's like i guess it is growing up but you're like breaking the shell you're gonna have that same sort of well dude with without getting too much into detail 
you know, within my life, there's been a lot of fucking chaos. That's not like, that's like normal people shit, like that needs to get handled and I've neglected it and it's caught up with me and I've been fucking handling a lot of fucking just grown ass shit that like I shouldn't be dealing with it three years fucking clean, but I am. Because I like to, I like to dig holes in the backyard, bury shit, and wait for it to sprout. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I know. Uh, have you started your step work yet? Yeah, crack the book. Boom. See, that's what I'm fucking talking about. Let's fucking go. <laughs> all right, guys. That's all the time we have. Oh! Hey, good job. We gotta do some step work, Raph. No, I'm just kidding, dude. Uh, Josh, my my homeboy. Yeah, he's working with somebody now, and that that dude has given him two assignments and this fool is already like halfway through he's his hungry. first step. I'm like, fuck, he's hungry. It, dude, he he's is hungry for recovery. He is. It's and not, it's, and I knew when I brought him around, cause this is like, we're going to bring him on next week. Yeah. This dude, uh, he's got some fucking legendary, some legendary funny stories. And then some real fucking sad shit mm-hmm. of dealing with me. Cause like he dealt with me. He had to deal with me for so long. Yeah. But yeah. All right. But w- before we get into with our guests today, let's fucking talk about what's going on. Okay. <sighs> okay. February twenty fifth. If you are in the San Diego area, you got nowhere else to be but fucking San Diego Harley for the mm. grand reopening. This is going to be like a major blowout event. There's been a change of ownership to where the new general manager and owner Josh is fucking doing it right. He uh, wants to rebuild damn. the culture within that store, and he's doing it. Like if you go in there right now and you see all the employees, all their polos say PMA on the side, positive mental attitude. He's doing a full fucking makeover of the store, and like the three of us have seen. GM after GM after GM come in and out of that fucking store. And it hasn't been the same for a very long time. It's fucking changing. It is. And a lot of people that I talk to about that, they're like, mm, okay, yeah, we'll see it. But that, the problem is there's been so many goddamn GMs to where it, there's been so many different changes of like people and place. It's just the whole fucking night. And the whole place was fucking a disaster, dude. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm excited. Yeah. And the big difference I think with Josh coming in there and he identified this and this is why he put in, you know, he put his chips on the fucking, he laid his cards on the table is now he's an owner. Yes. That's the, that's the game changing fucking piece right there. Exactly. Now he, he, dude, he moved his family from Florida out here. Yeah. He's got three kids and a wife. They live here now. I know. Like the other dudes like were from Arizona, Missouri, Virginia, all, all kinds of places. Their family didn't move out here. Yeah. And- yeah. And he wants to fucking help grow LFG. He is fucking invested in us, and we are fucking very invested in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gave us a fucking a spot to to set up for a podcast studio. Like, there we have so much good shit in the works, guys. Like, put it this way: if you're in San Diego, the destination spot's going to be San Diego Harley. It always has been. I mean, it always well. But now there's going to be some culture there. But now it's going to be back again, baby. Yeah. Back, back twice. Yeah, I'm <laughs> fucking, fucking four times. Whatever the case. So if you're in the area, they're doing yeah. free tattoos, free food, free okay. beer, free haircuts. They're doing a stunt show at four o'clock Saturday, February 25th. You're not going to want to miss it out. If you're in the SoCal area, yeah, no. If you're up in LA, come down. This is going to be a good fucking time. Yeah, all our listeners in fucking Riverside, everybody, LA, come through. Anaheim, everybody, come through. Free shit. A great stunt oh, show dude. with the local guys, senders only. They're going to be putting it down, dude. So you know it's a good time. Yeah, there's going to be uh, San Diego Customs going to be set up there. Um, fuck, I'm drawing a blank right now. And they were just a major part of uh, the Bill Wall Parts and Labor Show. Uh, Grip Steve, Street. No, no, uh, Steve. Um, fuck, what's his name of their company? Oh, no. Uh, uh, they're out of Riverside or Corona. It's Speed I'm, Kings. Speed Kings. Thank Speed you. Kings Jesus is going to be there. Good Christ. guys. Yeah. <laughs> good job. What an idiot. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steve, Steve, what is yeah. Speed King Steve? Steve is, they're going to be down here uh, with a huge setup. Like, there's going to be grips of shit going on. I'm turn my phone off. Oh, yeah. It gets all fucking weird about people. Oh, also, the YouTube is live. First episode, Parts and Labor. It's up there. If you go into YouTube and you search LFG1904, our YouTube page will pop up. We've got some shorts up there. Um, I dropped the first episode, which is Parts and Labor, and then I took a trip to Portland. And next week, next Monday to be exact, I will be dropping episode two. It's a fucking good one, and it's a long one. Um, really just trying to figure this out. So just be patient with us. We're definitely vlogging on the 25th. So you're not going to, if you want to be in the vlog, now's your chance. Yeah. Now, Nate, now is your chance. If you want to be a guest, uh, on YouTube and on our podcast at San Diego Harley. God damn. It's going to be a great year. I'm going to tell you right now, we've been saying that every single year that we've been doing the podcast, but it just, it's been a reality. Everything, Everything that we want. Not everything we want. Everything we do and manifest, the shit happens. Yeah. And circled all that back, right? It comes down to recovery. Thousand percent. You know what I mean? We're all if we're doing the right shit and we're doing the right things and we're very kind and we're very fucking understanding and, and we take our licks when when they come, good things happen. And this is a, a proven point to where we were in the trenches when it comes to this brand and even the podcast and we just kept it grinding. Kept, kept each other accountable, even though we didn't want to. Heard things that we don't want to hear and kept it fucking pushing. And fucking, the sky is the limit. I know that sounds so fucking corny and cliche, but that's really fucking the truth. Man, this year is going to be fucking so awesome. And now, it's like not even future tripping. Like, I can't even imagine what we're going to be doing next year. You know, so I just know that we need to keep manifesting. I know that we need to stay fucking vigilant in our recovery. And I know that we have to still just be ourselves because once we switch up, that's when it's going to fucking go sideways. I definitely agree with you. I think the authenticity that the three of us have been bringing has kind of got us where we are and the fucking manifesting, but the hard fucking work behind it. Sure. And I'm sure not, it doesn't always feel like it, but like we're fucking, we're always doing something for it. I know that, that. The first episode today was just you and I goofing off at the uh, coffee place at Starbucks. Coffee place. Starbucks. (laughs) It's a real low-key spot. (laughs) I don't know if you guys heard of it. It's called Starbucks. They have one in, like, uh, Seattle, but I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, but, I mean, it was just, it brought me right back. You know what I mean? Because for us, that's like, that that event will always have a fucking, a good, good remembrance for myself because it was, like, getting the 10K and, which is a big fucking deal to have a, a Instagram nowadays that's fucking not paying for fucking followers, not fucking doing organically dumb. getting yeah, 10 we're, we're, we're actually getting real followers. You know what I mean? Not, things that we're not paying for. And, you know, seeing us right before that event, which was a fucking great event. Yeah. You know, our location of uh, where our booth was wasn't, you know, great, but hey. There's next year. Yeah, it is what it is. We ain't going nowhere. Hey, like Mike D said, you guys ain't there yet. I said, all right, motherfuckers, watch me now. Yeah. 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 Fuck around. Yeah, I love it when people fucking, Uh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, you guys will never be like so-and-so. Oh, really? Oh, really? Keep fucking talking. (laughs) Yeah. Keep fucking talking. Just tell me more. Tell me more about what I won't do. Yeah, I, hey, by the way, just watch yourself. (laughs) Fuck (laughs) off. <laughs> Hit the wrong one. Hey, I'm I'm new on the mics here. You know what I mean? Oh uh, yeah, we got Dusty on the board yeah, right Brent, now. Brendan let me on the board tonight. You know what I mean? Grace me with the fucking you know, 
The live action, baby. No, let's let's call it what it really was. Dustin hijacked it because I was late, and he said, "If you're ever fucking late again, I'm just gonna do no, it without you." No, I said to no. What I said earlier was, <laughs> "Hey, I'm gonna fucking kick off the show because I'm gonna announce that you're fucking coming out oh, of your yeah. own shell." You did say that earlier, and you're not B Graph any longer. You were fucking Brendan, but B Graph still exists. See, you just switched up. I didn't switch. You switched up, up less than twenty four hours, bro. That's you, not no. You, you literally s- came back and you were like, "I think this is a good move." From here on out, no more yeah. B Graph. You're Brendan. I was like, you're, "Whoa!" You're the one that said it, though. I was like, yeah, "Well, what I said was." Sometimes I wonder if it's two different personalities or if it's the same person, and that and I I didn't really know where to go with it from there. It was it was just like a fleeting thought that hit me because I didn't want to share last night, and y'all were like, "Ah ha, that's funny." Yeah, it's Mando. It is a Mando share. All right, guys. Well, fucking, what's up, Rick? Let's fucking introduce hey. our guest, fucking Rick, dog. It's slick been, Rick, what's up, dude? Slick, slick up, Rick is right. He does have a slick ass haircut, doesn't yeah. he? God, he damn. looks like Clark Kent with those glasses. He takes yeah, those off, and the Superman comes out. No it's a wrap. What's up, dude? dude? Pull that mic in close. Right, you want so about yeah, a fist we got away. A, we got a fucking. Uh, probably should have done this before the show, but hey, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> go ahead and put your fucking mic right there, close to your mouth, because once you go away, you can hear it drifts away. Yeah. So you want to be right up? Yeah. yeah there you go. He's got a good. He speaks from his diaphragm. Should be you all right. Be right up. So hey, check this out. Me and Graf, we don't really know you by Adam. So any any sort of questions you don't want to answer, just don't answer them. We'll we'll fucking carry on on the show. So. Gotcha. But I mean, here, here's the deal. We always start off with, you know, what's up, man? Where are you from? Well, I grew up in uh, Claremont and PB, right? I was born in New York, came out here when I was a baby. Um, first place was in La Jolla. So I've been around the beach my whole life. Um, so you're San Diego fucking born and raised pretty I, much. Since I was three. Yeah. 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 I, I, wouldn't know if I, I don't know if you would call that a transplant. Cause it's been, no. Yeah. I mean, you don't I, know anything yeah, else. I was about to say, not, you know. Not fucking three. Years I went old. back when I was like twenty eight. It's cold. <laughs> where he? Where in New York? Upstate. Upstate. Yeah, Troy. Okay, Troy. I was born in Buffalo. Yeah. Cold, cold as fuck. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what? I just learned, dude. Real so, quick, the Four Fingers. Had no idea what that was. The Great like, Lakes. The Four Fingers in New Upper State, New York. No, I didn't know that either. Four really? Links or whatever they call it. It's like <clears throat> it. It literally looks like a hand. Yeah. No. No. You're talking about the lakes, Erie, Superior, Ontario, Michigan. No, no, I know that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you on the map. Anyways, it's fucking cold. Yeah, it's fuck. <laughs> you're talking about the Great Lakes. Not the, no, I know what the fucking Great Lakes are. Then what graph? are the four fingers that you're talking? See, about? now I'm calling you fucking graph. I mean, it's, I mean, it's pretty up there. If you I'm gonna show about, you like the difference between like the the grass and the green, and then the, and then the brick. There's a lot of brick, a lot of statues and shit. And, Definitely. And I'm a little morbid, so I like it when it's winter and everything's dead. Yeah, really. Yeah, he's really dark. <laughs> he's fucking real dark. <laughs> you and Stefan. Hanging out on that Tuesday night meeting? Yeah, we did. I did for a minute. I was yeah. there for a little bit. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's oh, a good one. Yeah, I stayed there, yeah. RSR meeting. Let's fucking that's shout that's out. That's homie right there. Yeah. That. Okay, right here. <clears throat> I think they're called the Finger Lakes or something like that. Oh, wow. So so they were saying that uh, if you look at it, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's called the Finger Lakes, but it looks like literally like a hand. And I remember, like, there was, um, there was something about it, though, too. It was, like, they were saying, like, that was, like... I'll Wikipedia it later, and then I'll... Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get out much Wikipedia. when I went back there. I was upstate cities, right? Like, Troy, Albany, Schenectady, the tri-state area. The ghetto spots of upstate. Yeah, you were. I'm sure you were in the real classy spots, too. I mean, I mean gunshots every week. Nice. Liquor store down the street got robbed, like, every, every other day. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you got family there still or no? 
Uh, <laughs> um, I went back. What is it called? Uh, I did a geographical trying to save my life, but I took myself with me, so I kind of, kind of tripped over. Jake Bergoff. Oh jeez! Uh, go ahead and get that dog. Go ahead and get that. Yeah, go ahead and get that. <laughs> hey, you're on. Hold on there, Hold Haas. On. Hold on there, Haas. What's happening? Hey, hey, Jake, Jake you're on the podcast. It's live. Hey, dude, I just wanted to tell you guys I'm so happy and proud of you guys for how far you've gone, dude. But Thanks, I man. just want to know one thing, Brennan. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Let me get one of them fucking Navy Seals, homie, that you always oh, want them eagle dog. Fuck you. <laughs> well, hey, hey, I got, him on the, I got him on the mic, Jake. Don't trip. Navy Seals, dog. Let's oh. go. Oh, he said, let me get, he said, let me get two dog. (laughs) Get it dog. Yeah. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Good job. I'm going to go ahead and send that to you right now, Jake. All right, dude. Hey, say hi to everybody. Hello. What's up, family? (laughs) Yeah, shoot it. Oh, you, you <laughs> the bracelet? She brought it? Yeah, she made it. That's All right, right, tell your dad he's got me. <laughs> yeah. I got you. Yo, that was good. Are you breathing heavy, oh, homie? Dude, don't start with me. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, hold on real quick. <laughs> Fucking prick. Got How dare him. he? Yeah. Dude, I got do not disturb on. How did he call me? He called me back to back. That's what it was. Oh, is that, yeah. is that how you break the cycle? Yeah. Oh. If your phone's on do not disturb... It goes straight to voicemail. Man, I am out of fucking breath. That. that was a, hey, don't fucking judge me, Rick. <laughs> hey man, I need to get in the gym with you, bro. I'll you be, are you already swole daddy flex. What the fuck? It's been a couple weeks. Uh, a couple weeks. It's been twelve hours. Yeah. <sighs> Feeling a good pump coming to on. To answer your question, um, all my family's out in New York. Like, oh, okay. The only people out here that are were blood related is my mom and my my half my sister. Um, Got it. But like I went out there. I met my dad for like the first time since I was a baby, right? right. Tried to work that that out, and he had his own family, a new family, and a new life. And I was just some you know, broken addict who ended up just having to branch out on my own, right? Tear up the streets out there. And so you, so you grew up down to the beach area. Yeah, yeah. My mom bought a house in Claremont in like 1990, and that's kind of where they settled down there. There, they've been there ever since. And um, so I was. Like 14, 15, 16, around those times, I found Claremont, all the little Claire yeah. monsters. The Claire monsters? All, 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 all yeah. the ratchet fools over by the square. Yeah, and I, I had a stepdad complex issue. You know, I, sure. Drunken stepdad scenario. So, like, I just needed, I needed camaraderie. I needed a way to get the anger out. Mm-hmm. And so, when I saw them and they were running amok, I'm like, cool. I can, I can prove myself to these people. They can welcome me. Uh-huh. So, wrong people to prove yourself to. And did you live by the square? Because I grew up in Claremont, too, with my grandma. She lived there my entire life so did what what school did you go to down there um no i lived over by mesa college in the back end oh god i have houses in the cul-de-sacs but i went to a few different schools i went to um um i went to Lindbergh. it was Lindbergh was there uh-huh. elementary school but i ended up going to scpa it's like a performing arts school in paradise hills from like sixth to ninth grade they didn't have any sports so i took like martial arts and shit like that a little bit of, a little bit of singing or whatever oh shit yeah um but they asked is me, that like high tech i mean so there's like yeah. this new school that like my stepkid goes to called high tech. And it's like, they do fuck. It's like dope. I wish I would have had a school like that. Well, it's the acronym. It's San Diego school of creative and performing arts. So it's like PE credits were like acting or, or like, like dance, jazz, tap, 
martial arts, shit like that. Obviously, I'm not going to do no dance or dance. <laughs> you, you don't strike a, me as a, a river dancer. I, I did the martial you, arts for a minute. Yeah, but I was going to say, I can picture Rick as a martial arts guy. It was, it was a thousand percent. He, he, ha, he has, like, I got ninja stars in my back pocket. Kind of <laughs> you know what I mean? Not, not anymore. Not yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's true, though. He sent me this thing on Instagram the other day. It was fucking brass knuckles as a foot peg for your motorcycle, <laughs> yeah. and then it unbolts, you know what I mean? Yeah. With that fucking music that they play you know what i mean yeah. like the fucking dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and it was like the you know he put the fucking brass knuckles on it was like hey and then you put it back on as a fucking peg <laughs> dude speaking of jake he was when he first got his bike he was like bro i found these night sticks that punch in passenger pegs you pull them off whoop the shit out of somebody <laughs> put them right back on there and you're fucking out of there brother I, and i was have like you seen the gas cap blade no. There's like a gas cap blade. Like you pull up in your gas cap and there's a blade on the bottom of it. Huh. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to live like that no more. So, yeah. well, that's lost on some of us. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> no, no. You know? Fucking, right, he says right, you never know. You never know. You're riding out there with those fucking hog chapters, brother. Hey. Yeah. You know, what you mean? know God forgives, hog don't. Hey, brother. Hey, come on, baby. Yeah, but no, Claremont, Claremont, I didn't, I didn't mesh with it. Like they, it just wasn't me. Deep down, like I have, a different kind of like ethic, moral code, like a knight's code type shit. And then people were just so grimy and scandalous. The things that they did, like cracking bums over the heads with rocks was their entertainment and shit like that. And right. I just, I had to dip on that. Like, plus they introduced me to meth, which was not fun. No. I thought it was at the moment, but no, it wasn't. So I ended right. up going to PB and that, that's when the party started. Right. Ooh, so yeah. How old were you then? Uh, about 16, 16, 17. I started hanging out in PB. Uh, my introduction to the beach area was, uh, was the drum circles behind um, SeaWorld with all the LSD. Scenarios. No shit. At 16? When did you start first? When did you start using? I think the first time I drank was like, I was like 14. And and it was like, I was an addict from the jump. I was born with it. Um, sure. Six Budweiser's, rum and coke, a screwdriver, and like five pugs of Sky Vodka was my first experience with, <sighs> with drinking. And a two-day hangover. And a two-day yeah, hangover. Yeah. Throwing, Sounds about right. Throwing up at Saratoga racetracks on the floor for the whole day. Oh. Yeah. God. Nice. I couldn't smell orange juice for a year. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Uh, no, but then it was um, weed. Weed was in like fifth grade or something. I don't remember. Weed came and smoked it before school and, you know, for the bus. Had the little, little what is it? What are those, those Randy's papers with the Yeah, yeah. Wire? It had the wire in it. Yeah, yeah. Super paranoid. So, yeah. So, you didn't have to Super smell paranoid. it. I remember kids in school that were... That's what they would smoke too. So you can't smell it. Just, Wait, what happened? Yeah, so fucking like zigzag papers. Well, there's the stuff called Randy's to where it had like a a, a, like a wire, a, a in fucking it. metal wire in yeah. there. And so as you're smoking the joint, the wire comes out of the paper, and so you can hold that. Yeah, so you don't burn your finger. Yeah, it was almost like what did they call that? A fucking the roach, roach clip. Roach clip. Yeah. Okay. But it was like a wire that would hang out. I yeah. know what you're talking about yeah, now. Yeah, so now you, you know what I mean? You're hitting it and fucking, you don't have the fucking smell. But you don't I mean, have the resonance. Have, you have the dude, smell. I it think doesn't even just... fucking matter. Especially weed back then. That shit stunk so fucking uh, bad, dude. still does, bro. Yeah. Maxi-exi, baby, with a fucking snap, snap, oh. crackle, and rock, dude. It's all fucking <laughs> same shit. You know what I mean? Passing a joint around, guaranteed they're seizing that motherfucker. Oh, yeah. I had friends that'd be like smoking and be like, I love it, dude. I could fucking never get a girl pregnant, you know, because they say, fuck, you smoke fucking... <laughs> Seeds that get you <laughs> sterile. Yeah. So fucking people would like be smoking it. You know what I mean? With the fucking seeds smoking a joint full of seeds. <laughs> oh my god! Anything to sell, right? Yeah, right. doesn't matter, dude. Not y'all right. had it made out here because the weed was has always been better in California. The shit we were getting on the East Coast was straight 
brick. Oh, I can't even imagine off how, the brick, <laughs> bro. I I mean, I remember the brick though too, and I know I've talked about it on here, but it's like I can't even imagine because we're so close to the border. If it's going out to Virginia, what the fuck that looks dude. like, dude? Oh, well, the center of it's all moldy, right, and purple, and purple. So they turn around and like this is the perp, bro. Yeah, exactly. Really, exactly. It's just the mildew. Yeah, <laughs> it's like all the all the fucking mold and shit, and you didn't fucking care. Probably got respiratory infections. Didn't even know it. I know. Uh, fucking gnarly. Fuck yeah, it is. This is that dank, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all that shit. But you guys had China White though, too. Yes, we did, and that shit Woo-hoo. is different. I've never done tar, but I have done some powder heroin. Right. And I knew a lot of people because they would always say, oh, you smoke it? Like, no. Like, when I would meet them in, like, rehabs or something, you know? They'd be like, yeah, no, we snored it. Like, snored it. It's classy, then. It's not as bad. Right. It's like, oh, you done blow before? Yeah, this is like blow, but it feels way fucking better. Right, right. Get him off, you fucking goddamn. I didn't need to claw it in. I know. I was talking to a, a co-worker the other day, and I'm like, man. He's like, I'm deathly allergic to cats. I'm like, check this out. My, name, my friend Brennan was too, and he still he started coming over for like a solid year. This motherfucker doesn't even blink an eye now. Yeah, and he used to get swolled up, sneezed up the whole fucking show. <laughs> go back to I episode. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Go back long. to episode like four, five, and six. He's sneezing away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking sneezing away. So I'm, you're welcome. <laughs> we used to keep fucking allergy meds at the compound on deck because I, I would just come in and be like, Yo, what's up? <laughs> I know. I need. I need some bennies, homie. Yeah, I need that. <laughs> So, very quickly, it's the party is no longer fucking. It are you are you drinking for effect now? At that point, I mean, when I started drinking again after that first episode, uh, it was about a year or so later. The neighbors were having a party, and and like I, I was I was kind of sh- was kind of sheltered. Like my mom didn't really let me off the block, and it was a cul-de-sac, so I couldn't really go very far. Um, and that was when you could like play in the canyons, and there weren't too many weirdos around whatever but um dude the canyons were so much fun and in, in yeah we had like a little creek with the swings and but we used, we used to go down in like cardboard boxes down the big ass hill off of uh claremont mesa boulevard and what's that what's that other road that's uh, opposite side uh i don't know i can't remember anyways but i lived right on the track houses right above uh, Claremont Mesa Boulevard, and we used to, I'll show you next time we drive past, dog, it, we used to slide down these motherfuckers <laughs> on cardboard, bro. Sprint to, sprint to fly, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, Sometimes. but uh, I, I actually, I just wanted to fit in. Um, there was people dancing and music, and there was alcohol, and I hadn't, I was scared of it, you know, because of what happened before, but there was a girl, and she was pretty, and I wanted to dance with her, and so I drank a beer, and I loosened up, and all of a sudden, I was like the best dancer in the whole place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Right. And then it turned into one of those, like, we go outside to talk, and she's like, wait, how old are you? 15? She's like, turned around walked away. Yikes. Oh, she was of age? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just, from then on, it was just drink, drink, drink. Um, I mean, I used to steal my mom's box wine and put it in, in cups, you know, or, you know, water bottles and take them around. Yes. Drink fucking NyQuil or whatever I could and just stay awake. Mm-hmm. Deal with the stomach knot, all that. You know, all... All the drugs, you know, came into play one after the other, and the pills were the next kind of thing, and the, and the ecstasy that came in. Acid was interestingly enough a very young, young mm-hmm. age. It just popped in, and I kind of went hard for like six months with that shit. Really, yeah, very ex- exciting. Six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I learned a lot about stuff. You liked it until I didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's actually, that's what everybody says about it. Yeah, too. and on my last trip, my last trip, I um, I left my 
fry buddy or whatever and i ended up getting like lost and we were in it was the frolicking scenario first right and then and then i ended up getting lost in the bus and i paranoid and got off and got on the phone called my mom i was in pb on the last bus but i got off I called my mom. I need help. Oh my god, I'm, I'm in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I hung up the phone. <laughs> 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 tell, tell her where I was. And, and so then I realized that. And some taxi guy. I was like, "Dude, I need your help." And he, he drove me home. And I was in one of those frantic states of mind, like when they teach you when you're a kid. I was like, "34." My address over and over again. I just yeah. kept on saying my address. Right, right. And so he wanted me to calm down. So he's like, "What'd you do?" I told him, and he gave me his fucking. He gave me his. Is a uh, Mountain Dew Slurpee and put on Rob Zombie. I remember that shit. I was, what? I was rocking for a minute, and then all of a sudden, everything was sick. I was feeling really good, and then I hear uh, ten four nine eight seven on, on, on the little walkie talkies that they have. Oh and yeah, right back out. <laughs> yeah, he's a right, cop. Right, yeah, 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 right back out. Yeah. When I went home, my mom was out looking for me. I went home. Um, my stepdad was there. He had. To, he. I wanted him to drop me off up the block so I could go home and I could caught. And he's like, "Well, I need to get paid." <laughs> so I had to take him to the house and yeah. they handled it. And like I said, me and my stepdad, we had, we, he was my enemy in my eyes, right? And right. Like, at that point, but like he was also helping me out at that moment because he knew what I was going through. And um, so we were sitting, at one point, we were sitting in front of the TV watching Cartoon Network. He was trying to calm me down in my room, right? And I was watching it for a second and then I realized I'm sitting next to a monster that I hate so much, right? And then I freaked out. I was like, you need to leave. So he left and crawled up in bed and, um, I started falling into a hole, like uh, an abyss, and I heard all my family members crying and screaming and begging for me to come back. And the farther down I went, the more they cried and screamed for me, like I was dying. And, and then um, I started pulling myself back. And like, that's it, that's it, yeah, come back. And they were like hopeful, but it was like that crying hopeful type thing. And then I hear Cartoon Network say, uh-oh, here he goes again. Woof, and then I fall out, I pass out. Right. And I wake up in the morning. And that was the last time I ever did it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, that was the last time. Yeah, I never had any fucking gnarly experiences with that. I always had a fucking great time. I had a lot of demons inside. I had a lot of, a lot of anger and right. pain and shit. You know? Yeah. That's when they say you have to be in a good state of mind to do those kind of things. For sure. Yeah, I was never in a good state of mind. <laughs> right. I was just suffering through life. Yeah, I made a point to, to do so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here you are. You're in your adolescence, your teenage years. Yeah, running up and down a Garnet, summer days. Um, learning what, learning what fun was, you know. Um, walking up the boardwalk, people were having parties at their boardwalk houses, and I would just like talk to somebody for five minutes, and then hop the fence and look for the keg, and and I was in, right? And I fit mm-hmm. in, and I, I did that for years. And and um, school, you know, I went, I went from the SCPA thing. They kicked me out for fighting, or they asked me to leave, or they would kick me out. So I left, and I went to UC for a year. At the end of that year, they asked me to leave, or they kicked me out for fighting. I went to a beach twain behind behind Mission Bay High School for a semester, and I said something to the principal that I shouldn't have said. So then I went to Maine Twain for half a semester, and then I caught my first bit. Right. So, I mean, dude, I can relate so much with that. <laughs> getting kicked out of schools just because there's so much pain. Yeah. And it, a lot of it might was my stepdad, too, you know. and Headphones, always headphones. Just, I was very just a fucking angry kid. Yeah. And I know that I've... I know that there's more work to be done, you know, with that because, you know, a lot of that stuff that I go through even still today, like I, <clears throat> like I have to remind myself, like I'm not him, you know, yeah. especially when it comes to like kids and like wanting to do the right thing with being a parent, you know, because a lot of the Are things you, that 
Sorry, I don't mean to cut you. You yeah. learn what not to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but there's still the the problem is is that is what we know because that's what we were taught and that's how we were parented, right? So, of course, we're gonna react and do things that are off key or like what not normal people do because that's what we fucking that's how we were born and bred. You know what I mean? Like when somebody's abusive and just mean angry yells fights screams like those those are the behaviors that you get into your adult years you know and those those are hard thank god for recovery like really thank god for recovery because i know from firsthand from not being with you know my the girlfriend and then not having the kid and all that all those sort of things like i know drugs and alcohol had something to do with it but also my behavior was like a huge thing so getting out of jail and going right into behavior modification like was the best thing. And that's when, like, when we talk about higher power and putting you in places, you know, and, like, I've always had our back and all this other shit, like, not wanting to go there. And I was, like, begging my PO not to take me there. As a matter of fact, he came and said, hey, I can get you out of jail right now, but you're going to go to, he even laid out, like, three programs, you know, like, I got three programs, I can get you in right now. And I'm like, Okay, well, which ones? And he rattled them off, and then he said, but most likely you're going to go to this one. And I said, no. No, no. I'll stay and do my time. How dumb. (laughs) I'll stay and do my time. I stayed in there for three more months, and then the day that I got out, because I was still on paper, I was on paper for another fucking year. No, I'm sorry. I was on paper for another six months, and I had to get go. The moment that you leave, you got to go check in. You know, and most people hit the gate and they're gone and they, they're on, you know. On the run. Up scouting again. Yeah. And so I went and checked in because I was already clean and I just, you know, whatever. I've told this story a thousand times, but go in there to check in and it's like, all right, cool. And I'm um, checking in and he goes, all right, cool. So you have a bad crash. Here you go. <laughs> and there ain't nothing you can do. I mean, well, you have two choices. You go or you get. Absconding. You know what I mean? And then you're going to get caught because I was not very good. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I want to say so. I mean, I was on the run for a hot minute, but the fact of the matter is I got caught. So, I mean, it's everybody. A game. It's a numbers game. Yes. You're doing so much shit. <laughs> something's going to catch you. You're I know. You fucking jinxed it. Well, I mean, that's probably a little head cold. That's in tight. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can just relate with that, though. You know, damn, he okey doked the fuck out of you. <laughs> he oh, let you sit in jail for three hard. more months, and then was like, "By the way, you're going anyway." And, I, and I'm sure he was like, just like, "Hmm, <laughs> oh, you want to do your time? That's cute. Yeah, <laughs> I'll make sure you fucking go." Yeah, I know. Yeah. And that happens often. So, you ever seen that motherfucker again? And he actually, uh, when I was at the other store where I started at, he came through one day, and I was like paranoid <laughs> because how how it happened i had my date but i mean once your date is done your date's done you don't need to go check in you know what i mean it's just it's done and the problem is though is i my date was done and i was still at crash and then i left like shortly after that so i didn't know if there was a thing because one of my um you know one thing that i signed for this last time is to, I had to stay in the program and otherwise other words I'd get kicked out and you know go back so I was I saw him at the store but he was like looking for somebody else huh. and I went up to him and I'm like hey what's going on man didn't even fucking recognize me <laughs> and then I told him who I was and he was like god damn he's like I'm you know really I'm really glad to see that you're doing good he's like I honestly didn't recognize you and I thought he was bullshitting you know like a typical fucking 
cop cop thing. You know? <laughs> oh, like, hey. you're here for me, motherfucker. I know. Yeah, you know, but <laughs> I mean, at least that's what he said. Who knows? You know, but it was odd. Yeah. I still didn't say thank you, though, to him. No! Oh! <laughs> Just, you know, I'm recovering, not recovered. Yeah. <laughs> so first bid, what'd you get hit for? Um, Well, the original charges got dropped down, down, down. But they uh, they wanted to try me as an adult for assault with a deadly weapon, carjack, kidnap, attempted murder. <laughs> big old, big you old fucking did it, huh? Well, long story short, a friend of mine, we're at the beach. Um, we wanted a drink. We ran into some cat from... Right out the, fresh out the boot camp from Marines, and I, I convinced them it was me. I was always the one with the bright ideas. I convinced them to take take us over to CVS because I know a guy. And so he drove us over there. I took his backpack and went in there and got a couple bottles. Right, came out, went to the beach, partying, met some people, partying. Dude didn't know how to handle his liquor, so we're trying to grab on the girls. I had to kind of say something to him, and I'm I'm young. I'm like 17, and saying something. I'm like, hey, go sit over there and put your head between your legs. Just kick back, right? And yeah. He ended up going to his car. Um, my friend and I riding the bike on the boardwalk and we fall and, and he like gets up all wild and then he, then he hugs me and says, I'm sorry. And we get on the bike again and he falls, he's out. So I drag him back to the car, put him in the back seat. When he flumps back to the back seat, like I look at him and he's blue. His lips are blue. He's pale. His eyes are rolling in the back of his head. Like he's alcohol poisoning. Right. So I told the dude like, we need to go to the hospital. And, um, he wasn't having it. He told me, this is my car. You can go fuck off. And I slammed the door on and I put my headphones on. It was dude's headphones. I put his headphones on. It was Brother Lynch. Loke to the brain was playing, right? And I'm pissed. And I'm, like, coming down off of Coke and a lot of, a lot of liquor. And I'm just like, your car, your car. My motherfucking car. So I just go in and take it. I had, like, a, my buddy who had dropped, like, this dragon tooth dagger. And, and I put it to the dude's neck and told him I was going to cut his head off and get the fuck out of the car. I was at the wood steps over in PB, right, right on the beach right there, just mm-hmm. screaming at the top of my lungs at fucking 4 in the morning. Yeah. So I make it all the way to Claremont, and you know I, I was going to take him home and get him some bread or something. I, I didn't know what to do. Like, but um, cops lit me up, and in the Target parking lot right there, Ugh. pumped his stomach, saved his life, took me to jail. They wanted to do ten years, and they wanted to do the whole YA thing, um, and then I ended, ended up getting a three sixty five uh, for Camp Barrett with ten with a ten year lid. So I behaved. <laughs> How is Camp Barrett? <laughs> um, where is think it? Think about putting, it's like Campo-ish area, right? Out, over by where the old. Um, uh, like oh, dude, Lion, Lion. Charlie's episode, he talks, he went to Barrett. Lions Valley. Oh, like, wow. I mean, it was a beautiful place. There were times in my life where I kind of wished that I experienced something like that again. It was like it was a summer camp type thing. But, mm-hmm. but like I said, I was a really angry kid and I made a pact with my higher power that if nobody like laid a hand on me that I, I wouldn't fight. Because if I fought, I, I was going to go away mm-hmm. for a really long time. And um, as soon as as soon as the the troublemakers started to realize that the big boy, the big angry boy, wouldn't fight, they started they started trying to poke the bear. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine, um, really good friend of mine, came in there. He was a friend at the time. He was my best friend, and, and he was in there talking all this crap, trying to be a you know, white pride guy because he was scared. He's getting the white boy. He was a little comedian, and he needed backup. He was scared, so he was acting stupid. And so I I kind of like took him under my wing and started protecting them. We'd go out on cruise and, 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 and like clean fire break and stuff like that. And every chance they they got, they would walk past them and check them in the chin. And I'm like, why don't you pick on some of your own size? They're like, you? Like, yeah, like me. What's up? But I was bluffing because I wasn't going to fight. Mm-hmm. But it reached a point where after a while, there were a couple, there was just one little skinny 
tiny, like 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 toothpick skinny little Mexican kid in Rufo who used to poke poke at me like crazy and and I just I would have dreams about the dude. I would have dreams about tying him up in a warehouse and ripping his fingernails off like he put me there. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking took he me, put, there. He yeah. put me there. Yeah, he went um, down that rabbit hole, man. <laughs> but um, but eventually they saw. I guess uh, towards the end they saw it in my eyes. They saw that like I was I was about to snap, and they kind of left me alone. And I finished my timeout and got out. You know, a couple decade decade down the road, I ran into a dude with the same exact charges, with the same exact outcome, uh, with the same result, but he fought, and he did. He stayed in fucking YA till he was twenty five or whatever. He stayed. Fuck. So that would have been me. It was like that was like a god shot, right? We, I'm, he was my roommate in County Jail. Mm-hmm. Like this is what happened. Like fuck, that, that would have been me if I wouldn't have held on. Fuck, that's fucking rough. What happened when you got out? Um, I don't really remember. I mean, I kind of stupid relationships with toxic people and 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 just continued the same ruckus. You know, I, I met a girl. Uh, shortly after, um, I was 19, she was 18. Six months in, we got pregnant. Um, six months later, we got married. Um, I had two kids with her. Uh, my daughter, she just turned uh, 20 on the 12th. Um, and, and her little brother was 14. I, I, it's been over a decade since I've seen them or, or whatever. Um, so I can relate with some of the stuff that all of the stuff that, that you had been talking about. Um, I even like made a page on Facebook, like a like page, right. For, uh, for them. So I could write letters to them and, and stuff. And, and as corny as it might sound like I got the idea from that movie notebook. Nice. <laughs> you know, just the letters eventually that someday, you know, the, mm-hmm. the whole fairy tales thing, they'll see it. And they'll know that I love them. And yeah. It didn't work out like that. All right. But my, my daughter, uh, she found it. I found her and I reached out and, she wasn't having it. She got to vent out some of her, her anger, you know, the stuff that she was, she was told, and and some of it was true, but a lot of it wasn't. A lot of it was just vindictive, like you know how it goes. Um, well, I mean, you got to think about brain, like not brainwashing, but when you, <clears throat> when you have a parent that's dysfunctional, like our, myself, yeah. Of course, the mother is going to do whatever it takes to protect the daughter. Yeah, you know, and yeah, so and I, it took me a long that, time. It yeah. took me a long time to accept, accept that as the, the best action that she could have ever done. Right. I I feel like she went about things, and not, nothing ever happens the way that we feel like it should. But like, mm-hmm. my whole family had nothing to do. What was it me? But my whole family got erased from my kids' lives. So like, all that love and all that connection was taken away from them because of, because of me. Um, and, and that, that always hurt me, but that was always one of the things that I could add to my victim complex because I was a, I was a self-righteous victim that had a, a vendetta out for the bad guys. And I wanted to go like punish the, punish the people who caused pain, but I didn't realize until later in my life that I was the one causing all the pain, mm. you know, but, um, you know, she, she actually wrote on that, on that like page, um, not, not too long ago, um, basically like laying out her entire her entire opinion of me and that that page is a joke and, and it just makes things worse for her. And, and, and I only care about myself and I want, I want the, the woes and the woos from all the, the people and acceptance from everybody else just so that I can look, look good. And it was all for her really. And, 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 and the other kids eventually, but, but it was for her mainly because she's my first, she's my daughter. She's my little angel. Right. And uh, she, I mean, it is what it is. The things that we do when we're in addicts, um, the backlash, 
backlash could be rough. Like she hates my guts, and there's nothing I can do to change that, except for live, live, live as a man that she deserved to have as a father from the beginning, even if she's not going to be in my life. All right. Well, it's like I tell you. So I sponsor Rick, you know, so I know a lot of his story, and it's up to him if he wants to talk about it. But uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, like we, this is what we talk about is, you know, we have to just keep doing the right thing all the time. You know, even when when nobody's looking, you know what I mean? Because especially the, when nobody's looking. Because here's the deal: like, eventually things are going to come back, and it, we have to be prepared and ready for them. You know, and we're going to have to make amends. And and I don't. I believe wholeheartedly that, you know, especially with a child, like, eventually they're going to want to know who you are, no matter what. And even if it's going to be really negative for a long time, but there's still going to be a piece that they're going to want to know. I mean, obviously we know stories that. You know, they're just done, too. So yeah. no matter what, I mean, I think all three of us, we, we have all gone through something similar, you know, and are going through something similar, and, and that's why it's so relatable. I mean, <clears throat> unfortunately, it really, unfortunately, we lose so much because we want to get fucking loaded, you know? Yeah. I, and I like what you said, too, Rick, the whole the whole victim. It, that's such a fucking true Self-righteous statement. victim with you a know? fucking... What was uh, with a revenge complex? Yeah, like God that. damn, dude! Yeah. I, mean, I was like, ah. I mean, it's so true though. It's yeah. like me, 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 and fucking. Well, you did. Th- you know, I even started off when we we're talking about like I don't want to say brainwashing, but that's like that's a victim statement to even say too, because at the end of the day, it's not. It's that parent. That parent is protecting that child, no matter what the and, fuck it is. And you know, yeah. even, you know, even though. Even I mean, even though there there were things, I'll give it I'll give it the facts, right? There were facts, things that she had seen, things that she knows, that she knew, or whatever, right. things that did happen, things that were true. From that point forward, every single fabrication that she created was true. Mm-hmm. I have things that I did. It wouldn't have mattered. I fulfilled all those prophecies. Yeah, you know, but it was, it was, at that point, I mean, because I was a, I was a failed son, right? Um, I was a failed husband. I was a failed father in my eyes. I was a failure. And and my whole life from my stepdad to the teachers saying I was a rotten apple to stay away from him to to the, all the rejection and, 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 and hopping schools and never really building a foundation with anybody um, and all that isolation, like, I believed with all my heart that I deserved to suffer. And um, and I was and I was going to be the one to do it. And and when, when I lost my kids um, and that marriage... I spent the next eight years or so um, torturing myself. And I didn't, I didn't feel like, I felt like death would have been the easy way out because if I felt like life was to suffer and I deserved more pain than death could give me. So I, I, I held on to that. And I was the guy who would listen to the sad music and look at the reels of my children and just try to hurt myself as much as I could. Now, that's when I implanted myself downtown in the bottles. Like I had a home. I had a roof over my head. It wasn't the greatest place. It wasn't, you know, a Partridge family or whatever. Everybody's got their issues. Um, I was I was a maniac child, too. So I had a lot to do with all that. I probably drove that motherfucker to drink a whole hell of a lot more than he would have. Um, but, you know, like you said, what you what you know, what you grew up with, like he was, he was a brother with, with like five other, six other siblings with different fathers and Grew up in IB back when it was a war zone. You know, mm-hmm. he was the one who would go out and, you know, scavenge and fight and steal and rob and do what he had to do to feed his brothers and sisters. You know, so like that's what he knew. You know, he married this woman and she had this boy who's not his and he's a little fucker. Mm-hmm. 
know, and, and, and slowly but surely the drinking gets worse, the fighting gets worse, the problems get worse, the drinking gets worse, you know, and, and I went and I found my path and it was, it was the fire. I had to go through the fire in order to get forged. And, um, Let's take it back a bit. So the kids are born and we don't have to get as, we can talk about it as much as you want to, but in a nutshell, it seems like we have the fucking, the happy ending. We've got the wife, we've got the kids, life's great. Something happens. Drugs get introduced. Alcohol gets introduced. And then it's a slow decay to where you're no longer part of the family unit. Is that what I'm gathering? Not, drugs and alcohol were always a part of it. Okay. Um, she, so you had a toxic she, relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She drank. We just got pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was about to say, you were 18, right? Yeah, yeah I was 19. She was 18. 19, we, yeah, we were, so it was we like kids. babies having babies. We yeah. Kids. We were kids, and, and I had no, no, I had no simulation of responsibility. I was in a cage up until I was a certain age that I broke out and found Claremont, right? Yeah. And, and, and alcohol and drugs. That was my mentality. That was the growth that I had. I didn't have, we didn't sit at the dinner table and eat. We didn't, there was no learning in school or in at the home for me. Right. I was always a smart kid. I picked up shit. I got bored and I just stopped doing it. Right. Um, but no, we, we would drink, we would fight. Um, fast forward to all that shit. It just, it got physical on both ends. You know, I got physical on both ends. And it's a toxic it, relationship. You know, and, and, and one day it was one day some, some, um, something tragic happened between us, a scenario that was tragic between us. And, and, um, it was, it was induced through alcohol and the fight that we had. Um, and I took off and I kissed my daughter goodbye and I took off and I went to hang out with her cousin, which became my cousin, which became my brother. And, um, we went to the casino we were gone and I was just, I was just, I put so many you know, drugs in my system. I felt like I had a, I felt like I had a, a like a bolt being hammered into my brain. Like I was having a stroke or something like it was that I was just going, I was miserable. Like I remember leaving that house and then pulling over down the road and curling up in a ball on the side of the road and just crying, like snot cry type yeah. shit. Like I knew it was over I knew it was over and the whole world was going to change. And so I decided to go to the bottoms and, and, and then rewind a little bit. I hit PB uh, during the marriage and during the divorce, it started happening. I started working at the bars. I worked at almost every, almost every bar in PB, a couple bars downtown, security, right? Because that complex, it had to be the, the protector, right? The guy, you know. But um, so there was this other personality that popped up. You were talking about kind of a switch personality. Uh, mine was uh, Rick James. <laughs> hey, super freak. <laughs> well, my middle name's James, and somebody told me one day, you know, you know, your name is Rick James? I'm like, Okay, yeah. Watch Dave Chappelle. So I watched it, and ever since then, I was like, Rick James, bitch. I'm Rick James, <laughs> bitch. And, and God, I, that's I, such a great show. Dude, it's like legendary. I, ah, just take the money, Dave. I, I, oh, I ran with that. I ran with that for a long time. And, and I, and Unity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What a five-finger say, say to the face. Bro, I want to buy you. <laughs> what do the five-finger say, say to the face, Charlie Murphy? Charlie Murphy, R.I.P., bro. So... The hey, brother's darkness. The fucking real world scene. Oh my that god, was the best when he's standing in the dark room. Uh, yeah, jerking <laughs> off. <laughs> I got really uncomfortable, me and Katie, and then all of a sudden T Bone came in, yeah. and she's like, hey, "No, I think I am gonna go." <laughs> so fucking funny. Yeah. So I whooped his ass. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking. I'm sorry to. Oh, fucking, but, but he yeah. said, "Oh, she's mine now." Uh, yeah, <laughs> she's mine now. <laughs> Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> that, was, that was my way to escape, right? Like working at the bars, the music, and the, I was the cool guy. Then I started slinging coke, and 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 
allegedly. Uh, <laughs> Good job. You know, I had the had the limousine drivers coming all the way down from Temecula. I'm running around. I always wanted to make sure whenever I had a scenario like that happen that I was seen on Garnet. Right. I always had to be seen. Uh, the 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 uh, what's it called? Um, the approval of others. Oh, he's cool, right? Type type thing. And I became one of the like local elite cats for a while, right? And I and I held on to that. But then, as the divorce progressed, um, the anger. And the drinking progressed, and then I was like the guy walking down the street looking for a bad guy, looking for a bully. Hey, man, you got a cigarette? Man, fuck you. Ah, I was looking for you. Let's, <laughs> let's go to the alley. What? Shh, don't make a noise. Because I didn't want us to get in trouble right there. Like, let's right. go to the alley. We go to the alley, we get into a fight. I would do that shit like three or four times a week. Good God. I called it the sandbox because nobody shot nobody over there for the most part. Nobody stabbed nobody over there for the most part. That shit was all in like Mission Beach. Right. Over, over Belmont, right? Yeah. <laughs> so but that's what it was for a long time, and... You know, and actually, um, I can talk about this because cause, um, it, it became, it was self-defense. But, like, I was walking some cats up the way towards the military housing. And this is when, like, I knew I had to leave PB. Um, they tried to jump me. Um, I had a cat with me. They tried to jump me. And uh, I defended myself. I started blacking out. The one was choking me. The one was stepping on me. And I pulled I pulled out my, my protection point. Yeah. Right? And, and I I got to the point. Right. And, and, and um and and then when I left, I hid somewhere, and the cops came, and they, you know, they picked me up, and they kept on asking me like, "Did you did you stab this guy? Did you stab this guy?" And my hand was bleeding, I got cut or whatever, and I was like, "I don't know, I was dying, I was I thought I was dying," and, right. and 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 so they took me to the hospital, and I was I was gone, I was gonna go away forever for I knew it I knew it, and then after they stitched me up, the cop came in and said, "Good news," I'm like, "Yeah, right." So well, you get to go. He's like, "It self defense. Here's my card. If you need it, call me." Call me or, or not. He left. Or sh- threw the card away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, they, they tried to set me up down there a couple times after that. And I just, I decided it was a better idea to go downtown. So I moved to a studio on Fifth and Island. Oh, oh smart. Yeah. yeah good, good move. God. Oh, perfect move. Yeah. Right I in Golden Hill. Yeah. No, right, right, no. In the, right in the core. Downtown. That's, yeah, 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 that's like, oh, yeah. That's, core, that's, right, that's right in the fucking mix of things. Dude. The very center of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so that's when that's when meth came back into my life. Um, introduced real heavy. Um, I won't talk about all the things that happened along along the underworld scenario with that, but but it didn't take long for me to be homeless at that point. And that was my first stint at being homeless. And I was I was homeless for a year at that time. Ended up I was one of those under the bridges type of dudes mm-hmm. living in a colony, you know, running amok, organized shenanigans. Really? Yeah. So you actually live. Hold on. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, dog. I'm going to have to pick this yeah, apart. Hold on. Yeah. We're going to have to. I love this shit. I mean, it's just that it's part of people's fucking stories. And yeah. it fucking fascinates me because I'm going to tell you right now. I stayed on down till I like to say like, you know, eight days or it was probably fucking four. I don't even fucking know because I was out of my mind. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you right now, the days that I stayed pushing a fucking suitcase down the fucking street was the most fucking humiliating fucking thing I've ever done in my fucking entire life. And I was so fucking fearful. A, I knew people that lived in downtown that grew up where I grew up and shit, you know what I mean? I was always like, fuck. It, it didn't even matter. I was always scared to death that somebody's going to fucking catch me because it goes back to my childhood as my grandma saying, like, I remember in the fucking white Cadillac that she used to drive and I would point at homeless people, you know, and she'd be like, don't worry, DC, you're never going to be homeless. You know what I mean? And I just, oh. I remember that, you know? And so I'm just like, wow, you know, besides being a fucking dope fiend trying to find a find a fucking rig anywhere, 
you know, get on a trolley to fucking Tijuana to go get my fucking shit and come back safely. (laughs) But just so anyways, now we know people that are in rooms and we call them river bottom gangsters, right? Because they fucking live in the Mission Valley river bottom and they liked it. Like that's their comfort zone. Yeah. I'm going to go get high. I'm going to go steal a tent. I'm going to have some homies. We're yeah. going to go fucking hit a lick. Yeah, and we're going to go steal bicycles off people's balconies, and we're going to live our fucking life in the river bottom. Explain yeah. how downtown you know, well, works. You know, I see I, I see that, and, and I've been exposed to a whole hell of a lot of that. Organized shenanigans. I've seen, I seen, I seen it, right? Yeah. It wasn't really my mission. Um, I remember. I mean, I was married for eight years, uh, seven, eight years we were together, and so I was in my early 20s, and um, when I lost... I was um, I tried to have that gangster mentality. I tried to have that like I was I was arrogant. I thought that I couldn't get. I was unstoppable. Um, I was I was pushing, you know, real real heavy. And um, when I say real heavy, it was all nickel dime dumb shit. But really, right. it, it was just so active. I was yeah, I was yeah. real active. And then um, um, and and violent. I was real 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 violent. Um, because down there, I was able to let it all out. Um, because it was it's a violent place down there. Animalistic. Very animalistic. And I was I was able to. I wanted to test myself because if I was so bad, everybody it seemed like I was so bad, but I feel like I want to be, I'm good inside. Like, let me test this. Let me see if I'm bad. Let's see how bad I can be. Right. And, um, before I knew it, I had like a group of people who were like kind of following me as some sort of like quote unquote leader type shit. And like the tent, col- the tent colony that we had, it was by the five freeway under the, bri- under the five freeway. There's like this plot of land. And, and they actually, we actually, I was sick and tired of the way that the, the, um, a particular gang down there full of uh, African-American individuals um, did things like they would take everything from everyone and, and leave nothing for no one. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a guerrilla warfare type shit. I seen some dude on the floor with like these like thigh high shorts shivering, freezing cold. And I was sick of it because there's so many donations go down there and nobody gets none of it because people just take it from you. So I was that crazy motherfucker that tried to take it from me. So the next thing you know, donations started coming to me. And then I started handing out donations to people who needed it. But I would carry all that shit. And, and I would make sure that everyone got their shares. So this is that whole, like, self-righteous, the righteous thing, trying to trying to be a beacon or something. And it ended up into a colony under the under that fucking bridge. We started organizing, and, and people came together for a while. But it was it was, it was was soaked in poison. Right. It was all soaked in poison. And, yeah. Um, for me, it was... Um, I became I became addicted to the, the that lifestyle that I became addicted to was the underworld was the antisocial away from society, um, um, like the darkness. Mm-hmm. I became I became addicted to that darkness because I I would go downtown and I would like write like I used to write out poetry and shit and I would write about the pain. It was how I vented it out, and um, so I had to find more. I had to find more pain because I mean it, I felt like pain was a bit best teacher right you put your hand on the fire it burns you learn instantly right so i tried to learn that way um and i did that um, i can't explain why i mean I, it's like was it huckleberry fan was that the, the thing where they're out in the woods and the it's imaginary and friend. adventure adventure you're not in that world the world, <laughs> the world of society where you're going around the track right you get a job you have a family you handle business you pay your taxes you do what normal people do um i didn't I didn't want to be a part of any of it. I didn't want to be a part of any of it because, well, for one, I wasn't any good at it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I wasn't any good at it, and, and every step I took, I was doing something wrong, so let me go just do wrong. Yeah. Um, and and it became an adventure. 
It was it was like I was in a movie of my own of my own making, and I had control over it. As out of control as I was, and as as much as I had lost, I lost everything that I loved. Every anything that I ever considered um, love just hurt in the end. So I was I was convinced that love caused pain only. So then I rejected that as well. Um, so then I just found as much pain. I was the guy who would walk down the alley. They tell you not to walk down. You see those people in the alley, dark people in the alley, like avoid those. I was the guy who would turn down and go, Grr, and like look for you. I was a um, suicide by a tent. I was trying to find someone to kill me mm. um, as viciously as I could. But I wasn't going to go down with, without a fight. And they loved it. Like the people down there, they loved it. They ate it up. They saw the anger in me and then they, they tried to like indu- induct me into their gangs and shit. And I was like, I got my own thing, my own mission. I'm not part of any of your gangs and shit. Um, and it, it, it just broke piece by piece in my life. Um, I was in a real toxic relationship out there. Um, oh, you think? <laughs> yeah. It got so bad. Like I tried to leave her and she like put blades to her wrists type shit. Like, oh, wow. I'll kill myself. Hotel hopping and all the craziness involved. Like, I was so fucked up. I couldn't go and bust licks. Like you, I walk in a store and the whole security's on me, no matter where I go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, people look at me interested, funny now just because of the grill I, I got on my face. Like I look angry or mean or whatever just walking down the street. What's your stats right now? What do you mean? How how tall? How big are you and how tall are you? Five ten, two twenty five. So when you're losing, what what was your weight then? I got down to about a buck seventy. Still thick. I got pictures. If you look at it, like, like you sucked up. My, the first thing to go on me would be my cheeks and my wrists. Like my forearms, they would cave in. And I would just look like, you saw a picture I put on Facebook. They call me fucking Slim Shady. Yeah. I took a lot of before and after pictures. I took pictures at my worst knowing that someday, hoping that someday I'd be able to look at those, look back at them. Right. And be like, damn, look at me now. Yeah, I do, I, I do remember seeing one. He was pretty skinny. Yeah. But yeah, um, I mean that was that was that whole thing. I left. I How'd left. you get pulled out? Oh, um, by the by the voices. <laughs> nice. Believe it or not. No, my vo- my schizophrenia wasn't, and that's something I became addicted to too. Was I wanted? I'll talk about that later. But um, everything was telling me to leave. There was an indictment. There was an indictment. The paranoia right kicked in, but it mm-hmm. wasn't for me. It wasn't the paranoia of like just making shit up. I was very observant. I'm like, that was my, that was my tweet. I would fucking see everything. And so then I started putting pieces together and, and I'm very like, I have a spirituality, a lot of spirituality in me and, and I believe in the angels and, 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 and energies, you know, that'll push you this way or the other. And, and my guardians were telling me like, dude, you need the songs were talking to me, telling me you need to get out. So one day, and I had to be on a Tuesday because that Metallica song, Tuesday is Gone with the Wind. <laughs> it had to be. It had to be. So on that Tuesday, I hopped on a train to go to New York. Two weeks later, they raided that tent call and they arrested 50 people. Whoa. Higher powers, they were, just, they were telling me. It was like the whispers and then there were screams. Get the fuck out. So I saw it. did. And, and that's what happened. And I remember, I remember the feeling. There's nothing like it. The feeling that I felt. Passing Old Town by on that train, knowing that I'm not getting off at the next stop, mm. going all the way to New York. It was, it was like I was letting everything go. It was like I finally like, that was my feeling that I was like, like walking away from my children. Mm-hmm. But I had done that a long time ago. I just wouldn't accept it. Um. So that was that was that whole 
first chunk of my life in, in San Diego. Yeah. So where did the train went north to LA and then out? I don't remember. How long was it? I want to know about the voices because I know that he's, he's talked about it a few times with me, but he has a pretty gnarly story where, um, where I would have to fast forward to coming back here. Um, when I came back, I didn't, I didn't go intervenous. I didn't use a needle until I came back here until, until I was in my late twenties. Mm. Um, for the first time. And then I realized I've been wasting it the whole time. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fact. That is a fucking fact. I've wasted a lot of drugs. And, um, okay. So that whole spirituality scenario popped in, right? Like it, it took, it took on a new, a new, a new, um, form. Like the poetry that I was talking about, I would break, I would, so I would push myself to the brink of death. Like I would not eat. I would not sleep. I would, I would hold a bottle of water for three days and not drink it. Cause it was like a form of fucking torture. I don't know. But, um, but I was really, I was just too busy tweaking on other shit and I couldn't even just stop to drink a fucking water. I was that out there. I couldn't, I could not even unscrew a water bottle, even though it was in my hand and drink it. And the whole time thinking, fuck, I need water. Really? <laughs> really? Um, Yeah. And, and, <coughs> but, but I gotta pick that up. I gotta put that down. I gotta move this there. It's so right. bad, so bad. So um, straight puppet on on the, on the strings, right? So um, so I would push myself to the brink of of like a straight meltdown, and then I would push myself through that meltdown, and then something would happen. Like I would have some weird, some crazy, like insane epiphany, and it would all come out in poetry, like poetic form, and it would. It would hit every, and it wasn't like a chicka chicka boo type shit. It was, it was the words that I was speaking were like the answers to my life, the answers to life, the, on 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 a level, on a grander level for me that I was basically like screaming at myself to change, right, or like the pain, screaming out the pain or whatever it was. But it was just it, every. I remember every time at the end of it, I didn't remember what I said, but it changed me every time, and and I would search for that, right. But then. The more and more I, I did that, the more and more I sought for that, um, I started seeing shit. Like, I started seeing the other side of, because I'm surrounded in downtown, there's a lot of evil shit, a lot of darkness, and then things started coming out that darkness. Those people on the side of the road that you see screaming and yelling, and, you know, some people will point and laugh. I mean, a lot of us, we don't, because we know how fucked up things get, but people will be like, oh, that guy's fucked up. But you don't understand, that dude's got demons right now attacking him. He sees them right in front of him, just like as you see me. Um, I mean, I've seen, I've seen a, a rat come out of a cigarette pack. I've seen a snake form and a, a cloud of smoke at the roof of my hotel. I've seen a girl blink sideways like a fucking lizard. Um, I've seen some wicked shit. Like, that's hard to explain. I saw the wolf, the wolf, the wolf, the wolf from the Never Ending Story, right? And, and the, um, the river bottom area over by uh, Old Town. And he was staring right at me, and I had a machete out, and I scratched on the ground, and I was like, "I'm coming!" And he he went off into the went off into the woods. Like it was interactive. The shit was interactive with me. Oh my god! Um, I mean, the shadow people that I saw weren't like at the corner of my eyes. They were they were like come towards me. Like I became, I would get into these these like st short storylines of scenarios that would happen, and the people that I interacted like I would have this crazy episode in downtown that would like lead to some insane stuff happening that I can't even explain. And then like the next day when I came to and I'd be in Claremont or something and then some lady would walk up to me, or vice versa. Happened in Claremont. I was walking downtown because um, I just got booked and got out. And some old lady came up to me and started talking to me about what happened the night before. Some old lady that I did not even, I was sober at that point. I was 
sobered up anyway. But but like things like that would hit me. Like she would tell me like almost exact things that happened from the night before, and I couldn't put it together that I would use that to feed my psychosis more. Um, the voices that I would hear would warn me. They wouldn't. They wouldn't tell me to do bad things. Like, I, for instance, like a simple example, I'd have my head down on my phone, scrolling, get ready to cross the street, and then some lady out of the corner of my fucking head would whisper, like, watch out. And, and then I'd look up, and boom, a, a bus would fly right by me in front of me. Type of thing. God type damn. Of, type of things would happen, yeah. Like, um, even when I was clean, like, I had some shit like that happen. I was walking up the road um, in Florida um, where I had a, a third child, and um, some things had happened, and I was... I prayed out to my higher power, um, begging for a sign. I was like, how could I be full of faith, faith and hope when I feel nothing but doubt and fear, right? Like, I need, like, I'm not supposed to ask for demand for shit, but, like, I need you to show me a sign, like, that I'm on the right path. Like, people are lying about me, and I don't know what to do. So I make it down the road. I had to use a bathroom. There was a, a place that was actually a church. They were renting it out for the, the, the weekends, and um, it was called Word Up Ministries, and so I went to the bathroom and I decided to stay there and some dude wheeled up to me in a wheelchair and uh, he asked me if he could pray with me. So I got down on a knee, you know, to be at his, at his level. And he, he said, um, he said, God came to me and he wanted me to tell you that he heard your prayer and he feels your pain and he wants you to know that all the false accusations that were made, that are made to you will be wiped clear from your life like to hold firm to your path because I have big plans for you, my son. And all this type of And the second he said that, like, that point where he said that your false accusations would be wiped clear, like I started bawling, like just tears were pouring out of my eyes like rivers. And I was like, I thanked him and he went about his business. And then like I stood up and started kind of humming the songs they were singing. And, and then like instantly like this giant weight lifted from my shoulders and I felt light as a feather. And I started like smiling, like he fucking answered me. Like, he fucking answered me. Uh, and and it was just one of those confirmations, one of those, those God shots, right? And um, I felt like I had a straight connection with him for a while until I decided to drink and went away. That'll happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happens every time. Damn, dog. You got like a, I don't know what they would call it, or uh, like a connection. Yeah, yeah. And, but that connection goes both ways, though. Like all the, all the, the guardian stuff that I experienced, which was like, I experienced some way out like supernatural, like guardian shit. I've experienced some way out supernatural demonic shit. I've seen too. And like, there was a point where I, I knew I, I was at a crossroads and this is really what, this is really what, what changed. Cause I was a fucking hustler. I had a silver tongue, like a motherfucker. Like I was good at what I did out there. And it seemed like I could bend things to my will, um, in that lifestyle. And then there was a crossroads and there was things that I just could not do that I would have had to do in order to maintain that path. Like I can't kill somebody. I can't be, a, I can't murder you. I can't, I can't t- like be that, that kind of savage person. Like I could, I'm sure at some point I would defend myself to, to death type thing or whatever, but like to straight out go and like hurt a, a, a innocent or something like the things that these people do, right? Like getting young kids messed up and on purpose and the things that, the, you know, the scoundrels do, like I couldn't do it. And then something changed in me. Instead of being that silver tongue hustler, um, I became a straight dope fiend. And then, and then there was the hooks were in so tight that there was nothing that I could do aside from just try to get high. Um, and I went from being, you know, with the ex-wife, she had she had 
families of mansions. Right? So I've been in those those environments, and then I've been at the bars, I've been in the front of the lines, and the VIP, and everybody knows me to the this to that to the digging digging holes and living under the fucking bridges, you know, mm. pushing a shop pushing a, pushing a shopping cart. Man, I pushed a fucking stroller because it's the only thing I could find at the point. Like, imagine how humiliating that is, right? Mm. You said humiliating mm. to push that shit down the street and accept the fact that like well, I had nobody anyway. Yeah. So who was gonna recognize me like i was i was in my own world of shit fuck and hearing fucking voices and everything that goes along with it too i mean you're carrying machetes and fucking like you know those toe chains the big long heavy thick chains with hooks on the end of them yeah i carry because i was i'm very um what's it called metaphorical um and so i carried that chain around my shoulder dragging those things like i'm fucking spawn or something <laughs> right for for weeks for for a couple of weeks and it, to the point where it was like breaking my neck when you do speed a lot i don't know if you know but you do speed a lot it eats everything it eats your your, your cartilage it eats, it eats your calcium it eats everything in you so your bones get weak and i felt like my neck was going to snap but i i wanted to go through that i wanted to put myself through that shit type shit i mean uh, I was one of those crazy ass motherfuckers downtown who's swinging the chain around like I'm fucking doing some <laughs> some ninja some ninja yeah. shit. Right? <laughs> I had ninja. the blades and the machetes and the walking around like because at that point like I felt like I was going to go out viciously, so I'm going to viciously go out, you know? Yeah. And and it's the craziest part, like you were saying, it seemed like they're not. Or was somebody one of your episodes maybe you're saying it seemed like they're not doing nothing. Like who who walks around? with that kind of shit on them acting all wild like that and not go away forever. Like the cops didn't do shit. <laughs> I don't want to, they probably pulled up on you a couple of times. You didn't see them. They're like, I don't want to fucking stop <laughs> yeah, this guy. Like, hey, hey, Timmy, you want to go? Nah, not <laughs> dog. We have a half an hour until yeah. we're out of here. Yeah. And you want to go fuck with this yeah, guy? This motherfucker. <laughs> chain has, man. Yeah, you want to go fuck with machete chain man? Yeah. <laughs> he's no, fine. dog. Yeah. I got a family at home. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's using the fucking chains like a goddamn nunchuck. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, I would always get arrested for dumb shit. And you said the word "scouting," and that's actually what saved my life. That was my last. That was my last hit. You know, hiccup. Um, I got okay. So I wanted to craft a, a necklace out of a bullet that I found on the ground, <laughs> right? <laughs> or, or maybe that's what I wanted to do with it. But I had it, and um, I was gnawing now because I had slept. And some cop pulls up to me over a sports arena area across the street from the NPM uh, and. Where the, where the Salvation Army thing was, and and he pulled up to me, and my stuff was all over there, and he's like, "Was this yours? Is this yours? This bag?" And I could have said no, <laughs> but I said, "Yeah," and he went through it, and he found the bullet, and I was like, oh, "That's my grandpa's. It was a, 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 a what do you call him? Um, heirloom or some some dumb shit." I tried to, I couldn't get out of it. My silver tongue was black at that point. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't say shit. So, and he laughed about it with his buddies. Like, he, I guess he doesn't know what uh, plea the fifth is or something. Yeah, plea five is. I mean, I had the shirt, but <laughs> I didn't read it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I ended up getting in trouble for that, and then it became um, felon in possession of firearm and or ammunition. It doesn't say you know you got charged with a bullet. Like I have a gun charge because of that. Oh my god. Yeah. So and, and so, but then you know, go in, go out, and then um, upscound, and they let me forever. Like they let me upscound forever, and um, and then one day they decided to not to. <laughs> I, I probably did something and, and they held me and then I was a, I went to Chino um, luckily that was my first time ever going inside like a prison scenario and that's, that was just reception and that's when COVID hit it's like, 
Yeah. Really? Yeah. So my, my, my prison stay was six months in a one man cell on third floor, west side, facing the mountains and the sunsets. Right. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it shit got interesting in there too. But yeah, a lot of people, when they get, I mean, there's a lot of people that I met too. Like that, that was their prison term. They were just in reception and do yeah. a turnaround. Yeah. And when you get out, when you get out, nobody was seeing nobody because it was all locked up, right? Look, closed down. So I didn't, I've never, I never met my probation officer my parole officer whatever you want to call it i never met him um but i went like two weeks two weeks into um i started using right away right and then um about two weeks into it i, I saw the pendulum falling like i was i was never really good at looking at the future looking into the future but i saw my future there and i saw where i was going so um you had mentioned stefan and um stefan is one of the catalysts that saved my life like he I, I knew him from a place that uh, shortly that we, we had crossed paths. So he was leaving and I was going into um, up in Vista. And, um, and um, so I hit him up. <laughs> so I saw on Facebook, I saw a weight bench at a sober living and I, and I, and I was arrogant enough to tell my higher power that I'm going there or I'm going nowhere. So make it happen. And he fucking made it happen. So I, I hit up Stefan and, and, and I hit up homegirl Heidi cause she knew him too. And, and he, I just jumped the line and let me in like that. So I went in, I slept for a couple of days and, you know, got into this like, outpatient program, ECS, where I was able to just do some Zoom videos and they paid my rent for a couple of months. Um, I was able to get away from the world. Like, this is where the recovery comes in, right? All yeah. What's shit. your date? 8-8-2020. Damn. You had to make that date probably too. Huh? You, did you make that date? Like, I'm going to get clean on this date or no? No. no. <laughs> it, just, it, just happened, it just happened like that. Yeah. Um, no, I tried to make that date on a leap year. <laughs> you know just every four years huh? fucking miss my shot fucking catch you in another four <laughs> yeah, right. no actually no i had it on that date but i didn't last uh. so but anyway um then i had a year clean prior but i uh, after i got out i went to i went to um freedom ranch so i'm a rancher right, right there um but i didn't make it past the fourth step when I, I got out i didn't get a sponsor um, i had a, one bad experience with a sponsor and this is me like reach out to say like sometimes you have bad experiences with people and and don't make the mistake that I did and let that stop you from moving forward because it stopped me from moving forward to get a sponsor. So I didn't do steps and I went to meetings for a while. You know, I went to the gym and I went to meetings and I worked at the bar, uh, as security. And, and, and I thought I was hot shit for a while. I had 10 grand saved up. I was swole. I had a Camaro T top, you know, living a life and going to meetings and I'm clean. Right. And, um, then I thought it was okay to smoke some weed, you know, cause, cause I didn't have any recovery. It'd be really, mm-hmm. and at that point I had been leaving, the meetings before the meeting started. Like I'd go there, but then leave. So the isolation kicked in. And anyway, so it didn't last. Yeah. And, and fast forward to where I was talking before. Um, so I, I was able to get away from the world at Fairmont. I was able to get away from the world. And shout out to Mike and, 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 and fucking Brett. Yeah. Mike and Brent. I had a brain fart. You're good. It happened. Um, Welcome to my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are some good cats right there, man. They, they help save a lot of people. Um, where they give people the opportunity to save themselves, right? Right. Um, I love the structure of that place. Uh, so yeah, instead of instead of trying to like control shit, like I have a bad habit of trying to do, um, I got the fuck out my own way. I just sat down on the couch in the living room in front of that big screen, put some headphones on, and I opened the book. And I just did all the suggestions that people have been telling me for years to do. Um, I just I just had a ball in the back of my head right there somewhere. I just storing and waiting for another time to, to handle it. And it was the time. It was time. It takes what it takes, right? Mm-hmm. And so I um, started reading that book. Got a sponsor. Started doing steps. Um, I did the one, two, what is it? One, two, three shuffle. I, I went one, two, three, four, a little extra. Did that a couple of times. Um, 
My last sponsor, I, I really, I really enjoyed working with him when I could. Um, but his his employment pulls him out of town a lot for long periods of time, and I felt like I, I needed a little bit more. Um, and we're still we still talk, we're still friends. Um, is what it is. But you know, I'm glad I'm glad where I'm at right now with you, Dustin. It's 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 working well. Um, yeah, I was at Fairmont for a while, and and I was doing so well that they they saw that it was. I got an idea to give me an opportunity there. So I started working as uh, assistant manager for a little while. Um, but I still had a lot of work to do. And um, that self-righteous arrogance came in, came into play. I'll admit, I started getting a little, um, I started getting a little bitter because I would, I don't know, my expectations got in the way. Um, and, and, and I just started, I was a chore Nazi. They called me no. a chore Nazi. <laughs> I drilling motherfuckers. Like, like you tell me a rule. Check. These are the rules that need to be followed. Like, I'm going to enforce these rules. Check. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I made them a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, yeah, wait. Isn't there a chore fine? There was a chore fine. It was like 10 bucks, or you could do an hour, work an hour. Oh, okay. In the yard. So, like, yeah, there was no weeds, and there was money in the pot. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, no, um, there were, there were a few people there. There was quite a few people there who actually respected my method because I wasn't like a straight up, like I wasn't disrespectful to you. Like I what was, house were you at? I was at the ranch. Oh, yeah, perfect spot. Right. Um, I wasn't disrespectful to them, but I was stern, right. To the point, but I also made a, made a point to tell people when they were doing good and I, and I interacted with people I wasn't trying to be better than, but I was a little too, too much when it came to controlling the, the what have you. Uh, chore Hitler. Yeah, and then I made a bad, and then I made a bad decision. Um, I know, but I had, I got a good job. Stefan hooked me up with it with a job working where he used to work, and and I bought myself my first truck um, with money that was all legal, right? And what was the bad decision? I can't say. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's inappropriate. Oh, got it, got it, got I it. I made an inappropriate decision, um, which actually ended up becoming one of the best decisions I ever made because it led me to where I am today. Um, but no, on that on that note, like. I, I apologize then, and I'll apologize again. Mike Brent opened the doors for me, gave me an opportunity, Safran as well, and I did something that I shouldn't have. Um, and I mean, it wasn't nothing grimy, it wasn't nothing like like shady or nothing, but it was it was just stupid. Yeah, it's just really stupid. Like they looked at me, they're like, "Man, are you stupid." Yeah, I feel stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I feel pretty dumb. <laughs> you know, and and they still they didn't kick me out. Like they they stripped me of my of my rank, right? Obviously, because they can't have, couldn't have that, and then. They moved me over to 56th Street, that little big old mansion in the, in the ghetto. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and I was able to, but it's, like they said, they warned me like it's a hard, it's a hard swap to be someone in a position of power to go down and be one of the one of the residents again. And uh, they were right, they were right. Um, and and but I, I had things, other things in motion, um, and it was just time for me. So then I moved out and I moved in with my my girlfriend, my now lady, Amy. Angel. Amy, the love of my life. More than you deserve. Oh, way more. Yeah. yeah. She's fucking awesome, dude. She's got a killer she's got a killer boy too. Like I lucked out. Like I thank God her son is not like I I was. <laughs> right. right? My stepdad, right? Just he, he's a good kid. We got we got like we got a chore board up. I got a chore board up set up. I, I, oh, I, you I, son I, of I, a I, bitch. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's okay. it. <laughs> Sorry, Amy. <laughs> Hey, no, but <laughs> I, gave, I, gave, I gave him a debit card and I gave him a debit card and we have the chore board up. So it gives him accountability. It gives him the ability to work for money. It gets, he gets 10 bucks a week. Um, and then there is a check system too, though. Oh, you uh, son of a bitch. But that's things like leaving the light on, uh, leaving things out. Um, things that like 
it costs money. Electricity costs money. You know, like you got to learn that kind of thing. So teaches him responsibility and accountability. And he loses, he loses like, I think it's like a dollar every time he gets a check. But at the end of the week, he gets 10 bucks. He picks up the dog stuff in the backyard. He vacuums. He does his laundry. He takes the trash out. That's it. How old is he? He's 11. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah he's just setting him up. Yeah, he's just no, like, you really are. Yeah, and he gets the debit card. He knows how to use the debit card. He's got his little account. It's my account, but he's got access to it. So yeah. it teaches him that too, like checks the balances. Um, but he's, man, like, I wouldn't say the whole yes or no sir thing, but like in the beginning, yeah, because he didn't really know me too well. Right. But now that he's comfortable with me, it's more like the okay, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. But but he he doesn't talk back. He doesn't disrespect. He's 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 a great kid. Yeah, he's not like us. He's not <laughs> like me at all. No. Dude, my stepdad when he first got in the situation, he uh, my mom was like had tried so many times. She just would get so fucking busy she couldn't keep up with it. But that we had a chore board with like demerits, <laughs> and I remember looking at this fool like, "Hey, bro, you just got here. What the fuck are demerits? <laughs> like, yeah, hey, homie, we've been running a solid program until yo ass got yeah, here. I know. You're over here fucking up a good thing. Yeah, guess what? We don't like you. Yeah, <laughs> ended up fucking being the best dude to fucking ever walk into my life." Fucking shout out to you, Mark. I don't know if you listen to the podcast or not, but I love you. <laughs> I mean, hey, look. I mean, I wish I had that too. I mean, I wish I had like a father figure. So what you're doing for the boy is fucking, it's really good. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I, for, I'm sure he's like fucking half the time. He's like, I don't want to do a fucking chore. Yeah. Just give me the fucking money. I don't want to do, I don't yeah. want to vacuum. No, I don't want to do Rick. that. Yeah. <laughs> Rick James. Yeah. Oh, and about the, about the thing, what, like what he said, what, what, you're Brendan now, right? Like it's the, he, he, he used the word grow up, but then he retracted it. Yeah. Right. Um, it was time for me to grow up. My Facebook profile name was Rick James with a Z. <laughs> for fucking ever since I made that thing. Right? I was like, James, bitch, right? But there came, there came a time when I felt, and this was actually fairly recently. Yeah, it was. When I when I decided I was like, you know what? Because for the longest time I got tired of hearing people call me Rick James. I felt like it, it felt like you, I can't, you can't take me seriously. The things the things that I'm saying, the things that are coming out of my mouth, you're Rick James, so what can you you know, Damn, maybe that's seat. it. So, so, so I decided to just use my last name, and I didn't like my last name for the longest time. Well, it's growing up. It's what? not growing up. I wish I knew the fucking word for it, but I mean, it's not. I, I think. I, I think what well, you actually just said it though. It's like you want somebody to, to, to be taken you. seriously, yeah, yeah. take serious, you know. And like, there's a lot of shit that we're doing right now that fucking it doesn't come across. Hey, my name's Graf or B Graf. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean, yeah. like. Yeah. It's almost like, what up? Yeah, like, hey, how you doing? You know like, what I mean? Let me get your bank account information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let me get this check for all this money. Yeah. <laughs> Buy my T-shirts. Yeah, like the dude, right? Yeah, yeah, the dude from the little <laughs> I'm the dude, man. Yeah. So, uh, your first Harley. I was, I was thinking. Wait, dude, dude, he, <laughs> but dude, he, he came on the first ride. Oh, dude, let me explain that. Let me explain. Was it the first ride? I don't know, but no, I remember. It, it, it was the first ride for you. Ben, <laughs> yeah, I remember ben's that. Kid. Yeah. Okay, so my first motorcycle experience. Okay, shout out again to Stefan. Um, he, he taught me how to ride a, motor, ride a motorcycle. Yeah. And shout out to my homeboy, Chris, because he provided the motorcycle. <laughs> so I'm glad that I had a little bit of meat on my bones because the first bike that I rode was a street glide. Mm -hmm. and it's oh, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and, and, and yeah. shout out to you, right too, and I'll tell you why. But um, So... It was the parking lot at Walmart, back and forth for like an hour, right? Learn the basics. Second time, parking lot, Walmart. Third time, check me. We went down from um, Lemon Grove to to 
like PB Mission Bay area or whatever on the freeway. I was scared as fuck. Stefan's like waving, come up, come up. And I'm like, I'm terrified to get anywhere near anyone. Right. But I'm going, I'm going, I'm going past the speed limit. Um, and uh, the next ride was uh, Banner's Grade. <laughs> Broken yoke. <laughs> oh my fuck. So shout out to you for waiting 10 minutes behind everybody. Yep. Because I would have kept going straight. <laughs> I mean, dude, I was at that point, my nerve, I was in some, I was so shot from the adrenaline, right? Um, that my mouth was dry. It was dry, cotton mouth. Like those turns, because I was, it took me a long time to get used to turning. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time when I was on the freeway with dude, uh, I, it was that veer around to go towards like um, Euclid or whatever. Um, and I, I was trying to turn, but it wasn't turning. And I had that, you know, that spike, that adrenaline spike of fear or whatever inside you, like I'm about to crash into that wall. <clears throat> that jolt that you get, like you feel like you get shot by lightning. Um, I had that feeling, and then all of a sudden, somehow I just managed to do it. I just did it. But, you know, the turning for a long time, like I took those turns really slow for a long time. So when you guys were like, zip, 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 I'm like, boop, 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 around those turns. But I didn't want to go off the cliff. Yeah, I dude, remember, hey. before we left Broken Yoke, we were pulling out, and he fucking dumped it. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. When, when, we, when, we, when you guys... When everybody parked on the cliff to take the picture, yeah, um, I went up. But I'm talking went, about before that. I'm talking about a broken yoke. Oh, you, you mean, dropped you dropped the doing, street glide. Doing the U-turn. I think I was doing. I remember I was over by by um, um, Zach. Zach. Zach was yeah. out there with me. Yeah. But yeah, no, I had to dump it and pick it because it was heavy, and I, t- yeah. I tried to turn to to and clutching and gassing was not your forte at that point. No. So no, but when we went to take that picture and going up on the uphill, super uphill slant, and I didn't pull in, I like had to do a U-turn thing, and I dumped the bike right into the middle of the road right there. Yeah. And, and in front of everybody, and I felt like a stooge. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's looking at me, and I'm like, I'm that guy. Ah, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, no, I remember. I think it was right before that because you pulled up and you're like in the middle, like of the. St- of the street <laughs> to turn. I remember like looking at him with his helmet on, you know what I mean? And his eyes just like real big. And I'm like, just, just feather the clutch. You know what I mean? And just turn or whatever. And, fucking, <laughs> and I remember, I remember thinking, I'm like, fuck at where, when we're leaving that day. And I'm like, fuck, it was starting to get cold. Yeah. We're going to fucking go. And I'm like, man, I hope he makes it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's something I remember. I'll never forget. And this is just like, this goes along with that whole, the insecurity thing or whatever, all the way back. But, um, I remember out of everybody, like that whole like douche feeling I had from dropping that bike right there. Uh-huh. Um, Travis, who was sick. Shout out to Travis. Sick ass fool. Mm-hmm. Like when I, when I passed him, like, cause I didn't know anybody. I didn't know any of you guys. Some of you guys were familiar and I had seen you in my first go around recovery, but we didn't really yeah. talk, talk or whatever. But, um, um, he had this look on his face like, who is this motherfucker? <laughs> that's, that's what, that's what I, that's what I, I read from him. And whether it was right or wrong, it was one of those like, who the fuck is this guy who just dropped his bike in the middle of the road? Like, does he belong here? Yeah. So that's how I felt. But that's just me talking to me. Right. Right. And for the longest time, and, and I have probably the same stare. People probably think the same shit about right. me when I look at them because of my fucking brows, right? Um, but um, for the longest time, I just felt like that fool didn't like me for no reason. Like, I, I, would, I felt like every time I saw him, we'd cross paths and we'd, like, glance eyes. And by then, I had been meeting everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean like, pretty everybody. Right. But, and I'd seen him so many times and we'd cross paths so many times, but we just never talked. We never talked. And then... Um, and, and that had a lot to do with it on my end. Because I, I introduced myself to a lot of people, but I didn't introduce myself to him because I had assumptions. Mm-hmm. But then one day, um, I think one day he came up to me. And said, we were talking about something with his bike. Um, and and you know, we've been cool ever since. He's a cool ass cat, yeah. Travis is definitely that type, too, that 
uh, he is going to, like, if you don't approach him, I don't feel like he's going to go out of his way either. He's going to be like, man, I'm fucking good. Like, for a dude that everybody loves to talk to, that dude does not like social interaction. <laughs> like I'm actually he, kind of the same. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. But at the, also on another note, like, people die around here. True. And, and like, it's you got to step back and wait a minute and yeah. see who someone is. Because you, I'm, I can easily invest my emotion or my heart into you and not know you because you seem like you have a good personality. And then tomorrow you die and it affects me. Yeah. You know, and you do that so many times and it happens so many times because people die all the time. Like, it'll make you grow cold and then you don't want to meet nobody. So such a fucking hard truth, isn't it? A brutal <laughs> fucking truth. The smartest thing to do would be to kind of wait and feel a person See out. if they stick around. See where they're at. Now, the first bike that I'm talking about is the old Hardly. <laughs> The Actually, old RevTech. Tech, I was going to say, I didn't know if you were going to... The Hardly? Is that what you called it? The Hardly Davidson. Hey, I was what? proud as fuck about that. It looked cool, and it was it was like... A, it was a soft tail custom. That's what it was listed as, right? Or crazy, or whatever it was. Uh, soft tail custom. It, had, it was chrome this, chrome that. Everything looked all sweet, and, and it was like... It had like 1,200 miles, and and um, and it was cheap. It was like five grand. And I remember taking pictures of this big old stack of money that I had in my pocket thinking I was tough shit because I had earned it and I, and I felt good about it. So I went and I bought, I bought, bought it for cash. Um, and it, it, first time I revved it up, it like shot flames, right? We took it back down from LA and um, then it, it wouldn't work. It stopped working. And then like I opened it up and there was like rust in the gas tank and, and I just, I, people got in my head. They're like, you, you're going to start that shit and it's going to blow up. Stefan got in my head. He's like, you're going to blow that shit up. Like, you know, and then you're not going to be able to do nothing with it. And so I wanted somebody to check it out. Um, I asked everybody uh, if they would like check it. Nobody wants to work on a RevTech. Nope. Nobody wants to. And I was like, dude, I just got a big ass fancy looking paperweight. Yep. And I didn't realize that it wasn't a Harley. And as soon as I found out it wasn't a Harley, I didn't want it anymore. Right. So I made 500 bucks on it. I sold it for 5,500. Nice. You guy, came up. And when the guy, it was just at the ranch. And when the guy came, right, because it wouldn't start, stay started for me for some reason. When the guy came, he like, he had to turn it on, revved it a little bit. Turn this thing there, turn that thing there, pull this thing there. It was perfect. Perfectly fine. It was perfect. perfect. <laughs> he adjusted the carb and yeah, it was good to go. It was perfectly fine. And I hear him down the road. Rain, rain, rain. I'm like, motherfucker. I could have been riding that shit the whole time. <laughs> but I mean, the sidewalls on that thing were chipping away. Like, I would have rode that shit into a wall. Yeah. You know? What'd you end up getting after that? You got the soft tail, right? Yeah, soft tail. 14 soft tail slim, yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. And I dug it. Like I like how it looked. Uh, I like the fact that I could put my feet on the ground. Yeah. It was um, a pretty slick bike. But the turning was shit. Yeah, the bars were not not sick on that oh, bike. Yeah. Oh, and the but it was like Hollywood. Yeah, he had like a horseshoe looking one. Right? Oh, they were like beach, beach. No, he had like beach bars, like beach drag bars. bars. They were awful. Yeah, hurt my back. And then when you would fucking put your chick on the back, you were fucking on the ground. <laughs> yeah, but she, she, that's actually the bike she learned on. Is it? I taught her how to ride. I taught I taught her the way Stefan taught me um, uh, how to ride at Mesa College parking lot. That was nerve wracking as a motherfucker. Oh yeah, you know, but yeah. like she she picked it up and she, we we conquered. Her, she conquered her fear. I say we because I was a big part of it. Obviously, um, walked her through that, and I was so proud of her. Like she would at some point she'd be at tears. The fear can cripple you, right? Mm-hmm. And I explained to her that fear, that crippling, will kill you. So just pretend like it's not there. Like say hi, fear. I see you there. Shaking head ass, <laughs> <laughs> and then just fucking dip on it, right? And just handle handle it and do it like you like you've been doing it. Dipping on foos. And, and and she did. And, and then smile, those tears turned to smiles. Like the look on her face when she accomplished that right there, it was like a big turning stone. Mm. Right. And then at some point she got on the freeway. And me and Dylan were in the car behind her on the freeway. Right. And it was silent. 
<laughs> we were not, there was no radio. <laughs> we were not talking. I look over at him at some point on the freeway. I look over at him. I'm like, she's doing good. She's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. In my head, I'm like, fuck. Please. Is she though? He's <laughs> like, what is she going to do when she turns off the exit? Like the turn. Oh my God. She gonna, yeah. you know? Do you still have it? No, I traded it in. You traded in for the bike you have yeah, now? You know, yeah, you know that. Um, I traded it in for the 18 Rogue King Special. Hey, yeah. chili dog. And now. I mean, could have gone the route with everybody getting the the, um, the low rider s's and all that stuff. Yeah. Those are cool. Those are cool. But like, I don't know. For some reason, I've always wanted a Rogue King Special. Like, I always have. I saw that bike and I was in love with it. Um, and that was like one of those never going to happen. Uh, wilder than your dreams come true type scenario, but something that I, I knew I wanted, and then I got clean, and I started working a program, and I started handling business, and next thing you know, I got it. Like I had shitty ass credit, but I got to the point where my family started coming back in my life, and my sister had a seven eighty, right? And so she co-signed for me, and um, uh, she co-signed with the first bike, she co-signed with the second bike. Um, and the gifts, baby. I went from a thirteen thousand dollar bike plus all the. Whatever to a, a twenty thousand dollar bike with all the whatevers. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, Cody at Biggs, Biggs Harley Davidson. Uh, um, shout out to him. I actually put him through the ringer a little bit towards the end. I felt bad. Charlie introduced me to him. Yeah. Um, and fucking Charlie, man, the he's like, and the points that you get on the uh, points that I get, I'm gonna give you the points. I'm gonna give you the points. You can buy something with them. I'm like, dude, why? He's like, because that's what we do here. Yeah. <sighs> fucking yeah. Charlie. Like, dude, he's a fucking ledge. Yeah. Um. I reach out to him every once in a while. We all have busy lives, but like, I'd like to be more a part of all your guys' you know, days. But we fucking got shit to do. Yeah, but um, well, that's mean, why we do this. Yeah, but you're around though. Yeah, you know what I mean, I, I try to be. I yeah. see you more than I get to see fucking Stefan most times because you come oh, over he, here. He disappeared. I had a little. I had a little resentment. I had to work out with Stefan. Really? I had a little jealousy of the fact that he's not around anymore. No <laughs> <laughs> you know? Dude, his his life is getting fucking great. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Like he is like. I look at Fairmont and like Zach, that's my fucking brother right there. And like, he was the first one. And then there's fucking Stefan. Like they both like dramatically helped that fucking sober living become what it is with the help of fucking obviously Mike and Brent. Like yeah. those dudes are staples there. Yeah, And he's a shining example of, I mean him and me too, but he's a shining example of, of, of how fucked up you can be and how great you can be on the flip side of it. Like I watched, I saw some reel where some dude was talking about how, um, the recovering addict is is probably one of the, or probably one of the greatest people like in the world. If only you can get clean, because we can be the worst people in the world. We can also be the greatest people in the world, like because of everything we learn only if we overcome it, right? But that story, this was the second episode. Um, I heard him. He told me, he told me that before he shared it on the show, and man, you guys have me cracking up, uh, dude. <laughs> I'm, I've been so I put Josh onto the podcast and i was re-listening to our initial episodes and like i was abusing the, the <laughs> fucking buttons bro. <laughs> number one sure. but fucking uh like i i've listened to stefan's story again and then i'm i'm on episode three which is charlie rusty beach cruisers and yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. the that stories was, are so good the first episode is so funny because it's like hey guys here's a podcast like here's this like yeah. so tell me we're sitting down in his apartment you know what i mean like, i still remember that day perfectly it was such a fucking rad day i mean it's going to be one of the raddest days you know what i mean like to talk about in the future because i mean just talking about it right now it's exciting the fucking guys cutting some wood downstairs and you can I hear remember, it that, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous yeah you can hear the guy cutting wood fucking in the background we knocked out two yeah, two episodes. And he fucking talked about 
oh my god dude Fucking and what's crazy is like i listened back to it again and i'm like this still isn't even like the tip of the fucking iceberg with stefan and that's why i want to bring <laughs> damien on because you know damien yeah, real well dude that. yeah that fool he they the, the two of them together is road dogs that man and robin gnarly yeah for real <laughs> oh my god yeah that'd be that would be a good one have them both on Oh yeah, we'll, we'll do Damien's story and then bring them both on to fucking share war stories. Hey, so oh my god, they've been hitting the gym. You know, oh the bro, they're both getting yoked I, up. I, next time I saw uh, Justin's uh, getting yoked. Yeah, I was like, God damn. <laughs> hey, shout out to Just Russ. Yeah. He's fucking dropped this banger ass design that we're gonna fucking print. Mm. I miss that cat too, man. Good dudes. Yeah, yeah. Their their crew. I love being a part of their little crew. They've invited me in with my my woman and the four of them together, Keisha. Uh, Stefan, Damien, and Justin are yeah. a fucking dude. Ridiculous. We used to go. To, we used to go to the skate park with uh, Justin and Damien and me and Amy and Dylan. Yeah, yeah. I remember we tried to get Dylan to go down the slope, and it, it took all of us. We're like, do it. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. Damien and Justin are so helpful and so interactive with Dylan. Like Dylan was always like, when we go to the skate park again and see Damien and Justin. It's crazy because every time we go on a ride and Dylan's around, every time we go to a place, Dylan's around. Damon and Dylan are wearing the exact same shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's a trip, yeah. 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 So what's, you know, what's the end game for you, Rick? What do you want to do, man? What do you want to accomplish? <sighs> um, well, first off, I want to accomplish another day clean. Yeah. Ooh, get him. Like get him. But, um, you know, I, I really, I, it's hard for me, it's still hard for me to plan for the future. There, there are, I would like to start some kind of small business because I know there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of ways to um, filter your money through it so that way you can pay less out and pull more in. Um, something that I could do so that I don't have to make somebody else money, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but for now, like, the job I have is, is pretty chill. I got it. Um, my lady's uh, friend's husband g- gave me a job and he hooked me up, and it's, it's a warehouse job, and it's, you know, it's, 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 it's chill. It's a good job. It's an Escondido, though. So I ride my bike. I put miles on that bike. But as far as, like, what I want to do in the future, um, I mean, obviously someday I want to see my kids. Mm-hmm. But um, career-wise, I, I don't really know. I, I just know the door's open uh, for me when, when it's time for them to. Yeah. Um, I do a, little bit, do, do a little bit of research here and there about trying to open up my own business. But it's scary, man. Like, new shit, new things is scary. And it's, it's a challenge for me to overcome every single time something like that happens. Like, the whole I'm a good enough thing in the back of my head still happens and like fear of failure, fear of success or whatever. But like, um, cause what I have right now is comfortable and that's how I know I got to get yeah. out of it. Well, I guess, well, that's why you're on the step that you're on right now. Right. Yeah. And so I know that he's on a, ste- a sixth step in those character defects. We're going to put down, you know, pen and paper. And I mean, hopefully that you'll, you'll have the relief that I have, you know, and I know other people have too, cause that's the whole point. You know, and, and get out of fear and start living in the moment. I mean, real the real question is, is nothing. You're just going to stay clean for today, and the future is what it is, you know. Yeah, but, true. But, the, but the fact of the matter is, man, we, we're living proof that you can do whatever you want to do, especially when you start your, your own business. A lot of people say they're going to do shit, but they don't fucking do it. There's a lot of fucking talk out the side yeah. of their neck. Well, and I, I learned that because I was a very big side neck tucker. Um, <laughs> we all we and all I was really were. good. Right? We yeah, all were really good at manipulating, really good at that silver tongue shit. But what I try to change the little things in my in my vocabulary, right? Little things because <laughs> they matter. Like, like I try not to say can't um, or won't, um, uh, but like I don't say that I'm going to do something unless I know for a fact I'm going to do it. I say I want to do it. Mm-hmm. I do want to do it. I want to do it. Um, am I going to do it? I want I want to figure out how to do it first. 
right? And watching you guys shows me a lot and it motivates me. Listening to, you know, the people on here on your podcast tell, tell uh, their stories of success and things, you know, like where they come from, what they're doing today and, and, the, and the past that they do, like, um, it's, it's, it's inspiring. I mean, it, it can be, it can be kind of stifled, like, it can be like a, like a lot to look at, like one of those, one of those things where you're like, fuck, I'll never be able to do all that. But like, that's not, I try not to look at it like that. I try to look at it like, damn, you know, it's possible, right? It's, so, I mean, really, I'm fortunate though, because um, I have to bring it back to my lady too. Like, I'm fortunate because I get to walk through this journey with somebody um, that I can communicate with, somebody that, somebody that like, we understand each other. And it's weird, and it might be corny to say, but I believe that we're like soulmates, like from the jump, our first day we went to some chicken spot, whatever it was. Um, but when we went to order a drink, um, uh, we both looked at the lady. We weren't even looking at each other. We looked at the lady. We both did the, like, like the waist, like, cut cut thing, like, like slight ice. We did light ice at the same time with the same hand gesture. Mm-hmm. And I looked over at her, and I'm like, fuck, you're the one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but we do. We're, like, in each other's head, like, constantly. It's, it's weird. It's, it's weird. eerie. You know what I mean? Like, how, how connected you can be with a person and... and I never thought that I'd ever be able to like like love like that again, right? You know, and but to have that in my life, you're right. Like it's more than I thought that I deserve. But you no, know, I, I do honestly believe that I do deserve it. You know, I deserve it, and she deserves it, and you know, we all deserve to be happy. And and she makes me happy, um, and her son does. And and there are there's there, there's there's future plans formulating up in my head. Yeah, that's right. Know. Get Dude, some baby. <laughs> I came into this show. He said. Dustin called me yesterday and he was like, Hey, we're going to bring Rick on. And I was like, dope. Like, I know you're the homie. You fucking support everything we do and you're a good dude, but I didn't know the extent of the battles that you'd kind of mentally and spiritually fucking put yourself through. Right? Like I didn't know how fucking tormented you were and, uh, how you've seen yourself through the other side, bro. And like, I just want to like right here now after hearing just this little fucking glimpse of your story, I just want you to know that you're fucking worthy of the love that you're getting. Thanks, bro. You're a good fucking man, and whatever's happened in the past, you'll make that right when the time's right. I believe that. Oh, yeah. No, it's a fucking fact. You're a good fucking dude, and I'm really fucking grateful that you came on our show and shared your soul with us. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Uh, thank you, man. I mean, I knew I knew going into this just because I know, you know, we've worked steps, and we've got to know each other, and, um, you know, he was nervous, you know, because <laughs> he told me he'd just start listening to podcasts. And the day he said something like, so what do you want to come on? He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> take it easy. You know, but what I was going to say, though, is like, you want you want to be around people that are doing whatever it is that's positive. And, and, and that's like with us, too. We stick we stick with each other because we are, we're always on the next move, right? Yeah. What are we going to do bit better? How are we going to build each other up? You know what I mean? And sometimes there's sacrifices that come with that too, you know? And so the, the, the accountability part of like recovery and step work goes hand in hand with like real life things, you know? And as long as you have a fucking mindset, which you do at, and at, you're task oriented, so you're going to figure it out. Like your little side hustle right now is fucking, fantastic we don't need to get into it you know transferable I mean? qualities but yeah. the thing about it is it's like you have that instilled in you so you can do it on a positive level and that's what it's all about you do, know you know when, when i was a uh, quick little notch when, when i was out there i would try to and my active addiction on the streets i would try to like accumulate people to like put these kind of tasks these things that we do like as a clean life i try to put that shit together out there because i had all these grand ideas that i was very task oriented right and i had it all mapped out and, and whatever and it would have just worked if everyone just would have done what i said yeah, you yeah. know type shit but like i see people doing this shit now 
um, that I had planned out in my head and they're doing it and it's successful. I succeed. They're succeeding at it. And I'm seeing like you guys, especially you guys, mostly you guys. Cause I, you know, I'm involved with a lot. Like I listen to all your podcasts. Like I binge that shit, you know? Um, and, and like, I feel like once you know that a person, what you see that a person is like about their business and they're doing the thing and they're, and they're moving forward and you're witness to that. Like, I feel like it's important to like, kind of like pull them in, you pull them in to the herd. And you guys do that. You know, you do that with people and, and I know you do it with me too. You had asked me that one time if I wanted to help, you know, go past, do some shirts over at the game or whatever and, you know, you know, schedule conflict or whatever. But like anytime you guys ever need anything, um, you know, hit me up, hit me up ahead of time, you know, so I can plan accordingly. But like the answer will always be yes. Yeah. What's, what song you want to go out to, bud? Um, I thought about it, actually. There's one call. Oh, you did, did you? Fucking yeah, A, yeah. dog. Yeah, he he does a, listen to the show. A fucking real uh, listener here. And it applies to uh, Voices by uh, Motionless and White. Oh, This is a good fucking man. This is some heavy shit. I like it. What was the song again? Voices. <coughs> oh, it's number three on their list. Nice. Voices in my head again Trapped in a war inside my own skin They're pulling me under It's been another episode of the LFG 1904 show That was my line, but whatever Oh Check us out on YouTube, motherfuckers LFG 1904 <laughs> God damn. I mean, do you want to slow it down? Or, I mean, that's pretty good. That was pretty fucking good. Suck it, Rafa. <laughs>